Well, Ryan. I'm glad somebody is. I've just been in football all week. We reset the narrative for the middle part of the fantasy football season, preview NFL week six, and as always, drop the latest injury news. Episode 407 of the Beerfield podcast starts right now. I'm glad that Ryan can hear it. Welcome to Beerfield, where we're beatboxing, apparently. I am your host oh at Beerfield Hop with two Ps, as always, joined by my A1, my ride or die. The best thing to ever happen to this show. Dad's never left me stranded. He's been here since <laughs> the beginning. Ryan Miner, FFB. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if he was there for FFB. I don't know if he was there for underscore FFB. Was he there for episode one? Shut up, saboteur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone's upset because they took someone else's advice and then backfired. Aww. Did you at least win that week? No. <laughs> Did you see my bench? Did you see my bench in that league? Yeah, I know. Did my it bench? matter if you played Myers or not? Uh, Would it have mattered? I don't remember. It was a twenty-seven point swing. I would have had to put two of them in. So. Oh, okay. I uh, and then I would have won by like fifteen. So it would have been a lot closer. But which matters when you get out in tiebreakers and stuff at the end of the season. It but, just mean it yeah. just means that we get to love Jacoby Myers more because it doesn't matter who is because he showed is. some upside <laughs> with Bailey Zappi. <laughs> well, I, I guess Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi is <clears throat> Mac Jones in a freaking costume. I can't I wait for that, Mac yeah. Jones to come back and then offense is sucking. People are like, oh my God, you should play Billy Zappi. Clamoring for yeah. Billy Zappi. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't show upside. Yeah, that that did not go well for me. The saboteur is uh, at Beerfield Theory. If you didn't tune in on Sunday morning oh, for the man. live stream, make sure you tune in. We do asking for friends, and the joke there is I had Jacoby Myers locked and loaded, ready to go in every league I have him all week. And then I second guessed it on Sunday. <laughs> oh, for guys and... in one league. <laughs> yeah, in one league. I kept him in the rest of them. I second guessed it, it in one league. So did I. And uh <laughs> so, did I. so did I. I played him in every league I had him. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'd have to pick between him and Adam Thielen. Yeah. I would have done what you did. I I, I stay I, I know you would have done what advice. I did. It was based on your advice. I know. <laughs> and Ugh. the running backs that went off on my bench, really not much you can blame me for there. I mean, I started Joe Mixon and Christian McCaffrey over Damian Pierce. There is one that you could have. Well, y'all said Josh Jacobs. On Jacobs your bench, on my too. bench. Yeah, it was Jacobs over Melvin. Melvin Gordon was the argument that I think I could have made. Oh, I would have made. That's that rough. Argument. Yeah, that's a yeah. hard one. Yeah, because when does Josh Jacobs had a fucking blow up game with the Raiders? <laughs> I I know, but I mean, Never. like, he's actually gotten production this year. It's like, I guess he's a fifth year or a a a a, a four year breakout. I guess, I guess. so. I got also, you. I'm sorry, asking Hopper. My Hopper advice would be Hopper, who's on your bench? That way I know who to start. <laughs> no, 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 no. Your advice is who is Dan going to shit I'm on? I'm going to tell you who's Sunday morning <laughs> yeah, and you right. play that person two weeks or in a row. Who's Hopper going to text Dan talking shit about them halfway through the game and then they start scoring <laughs> touchdowns to fantasy points? 
Like the best thing about that game is, is that Gabe Davis, like that game highlighted exactly who he is. Uh huh. Boom. First half. One catch, second half. That's literally game. He didn't. Davis. He didn't need to make any more catches. He got <laughs> it. Uh, they were so, dominating it, that game too. It's it's so great because it's like, yeah, this is Gabe Davis in a nutshell. It was a blowout. Josh uh, Allen. Josh Allen loves fantasy. He's like, all right, we got to get Stephon Diggs some. Now we got to hit some to Khalil Shakir <laughs> just in case. We're just gonna uh, keep piling it on. The here. backup tight end had, uh, had the same amount of targets. Yeah. As Gabe. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's, People it's probably, amazing. Yeah, but. I said Dave Davis is Santa Claus, man. He's just the uh, gift that keeps on giving. I think I said, screw it. I feel a blow up coming. And then 10 minutes into the game, he went for 98 yards. And Dude, it was like no, it, one play. It was the third fucking play of the game. It was so I was like, I was like, oh, here's Josh Allen throwing into the wind. Perfect pass, too. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm like, when's Hopper going to text? Hey, Dan. I'm like, ah, here we go. <laughs> and I talk shit again. And he scores like the next Where fucking quarter. I'm like. <laughs> This is perfect. Hawk goes off when I talk shit. Uh huh. That that play was fucking incredible by him. I will I will give him all the props to that. That one handed catch. Oh, blanket. One handed catch. Yeah. And he took the ball back away from Mika Fitzpatrick. It was yes. a great yeah. play. Yeah. Yeah, not today. A dude. He's a dude. He is. He is a great dude. <laughs> all right, we're gonna reset some narratives. Speaking of that, uh, so we're gonna look at how some guys are trending. It's technically the middle part of the fantasy football season. Now, as we enter week six, um, we're a third of the way through for most people. So we'll reset some narratives. Look who's trending up, trending down latest in injury news. Uh, and as always full week six preview, we're also going to talk some strategy and what you should be looking at your team for at this point in the season and you know how you should be gearing up for the middle part and kind of playing that out, at least in our opinion. But, as always, before we do that, uh, we're drinking. Oh, by the way, I guess I should give the show social media. I've been really bad about that. We are presented by the FF Faceoff. You can follow them, FFFaceoff.com, or at, and you can find all the written stuff, including Ryan at FFFaceoff.com. Um, so if you prefer to consume via written media, ton there. Um, we are at Beerfield on Twitter, at Beerfield Podcast, everywhere else. Now, Let's get beer fueled. Dan, can you drink again? I can. But I got my taste back. I, I got my taste back. I think the I think the day after. Nice. Our show last week. So I am drinking. I'm back to Oktoberfest beers because I took a little bit of a break. And I obviously had COVID. So I'm drinking Revolution out of Chicago, Illinois. One. I'm drinking their Oktoberfest beer as I'm kind of going through the six pack of Oktoberfest that I built that um I think I built like a month ago. And I've only drank one beer <laughs> off of it because yay scheduling. So yeah, drinking uh Revolution Brewing Oktoberfest. Did anybody else hear that? The drop hit again. Really? I can't. I can't hear. I can't hear anything. Oh, I, oh yeah, I forgot to do that, huh? Hold I on. I can't hear any actual drops. That's why I did. That's why right. I did her intro. Oh, well. I thought you could hear the intro. I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> I thought he could too. I thought. How no. on key was he? Way off. Which means I was right on key. I forgot to share the audio as so you guys get the drops. That's my bad. Because <laughs> I'm like, uh, there were there though. Again. I promise. Am I beatboxing again? No, no, I'm not replaying. Do you do you want to do it? Do you want to do it on key now? Do you need some redemption? No, no, no. Beer no. review. 
Oh, I know. No, it's beer preview. Not even Ryan fucks up the fucking drop. Yeah, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm drinking. Right, a I'm, ma- I'm drinking oh, a made up beer. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm drinking a made up beer. It's a dry hopped farmhouse IPA, which farmhouse IPAs <laughs> aren't real. So it's a farmhouse beer. It's kind of, I guess, it would be close to a Belgian IPA. It's a farmhouse beer that they hop the shit out of. It's from Crane Brewing Company. Oh, uh, Cr- love Crane. So uh, they are out of Raytown, Missouri. So uh, these were given to me after a, a, a BJCP class meeting. So it's a good. I've already had it before. Spoilers. It's I, it's good. I just got a rib because in class we're kind of like, what the hell is a farmhouse IPA? I I dry. So is it? It's dry hopped, right? Dry, dry hopped. Yeah. Farmhouse, so it's a dry help Belgian made by monks. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, that's the only thing that I mean, it's a hop to shit Belgian beer. Is there any malt to it? Uh, I suppose yeah. you can tell us it. I mean, in the review, hazy. It's definitely got. I mean, it's got to have malt. It's oh my beer, god, right? it looks it's not hop to you, but it's hazy as shit. And it looks like it looks like a Nipa. It it, it looks so interesting because it looks. I mean. Maybe it's lighter to you in person, but it looks like mm, looks fairly dark. Probably got to some me. Light, probably got some light caramel malt in there. It's gotta be. That's yeah. uh oh yeah, you're saying it's like wait, the bottom and darker at the top. Yeah, it's just a very interesting build of a beer. I'm very I'm very much intrigued to, to hear your thoughts on it. Absolutely. Full review halfway through the show. I got a second one too, just in case I run out. That way I won't forget what it tastes like. <laughs> that way that way you can just keep drinking the first one at, you know, at the regular pace you drink them right yeah it's just the gift that keeps on giving Ryan, yeah, Kate Davis. i am drinking evil geniuses there's no crying in baseball hazy Atta mango boy. ipa there you go right there's no on. crying in baseball i'm just Unless glad you... it's not a sam adams beer this time <laughs> oh, i got i got only like a few more left ah, so. i'm kidding but not really but this one's in uh evil genius beer company's out of Pitts in Pennsylvania, which yep. also looks like Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, yeah. I like Evil Genius. Nice. I saw it, and I, I never heard of it. It was like the only one I saw there that, had, that was... We get Evil them Genius. here. We get them here pretty sparingly sometimes. I don't know that I've had anything from them, so... I'm I'm also interested. Wait a minute. I'm thinking of Evil Twin. You are thinking of Evil Twin. Yeah, and they're from... I thought they were from Pennsylvania, too. I, thought, I think they're I think they're from New York I actually now were, that I think about it. I've got Pennsylvania beer, but it wasn't evil genius. Evil but, twin is Ridgewood, New York. Yeah, okay. Well, cool. Ryan he, he actually brings on a brewery we probably never had on here before. Redeem myself. Redemption. Redemption. Everyone. Uh, guy that needs some redemption, Devontae Adams. Uh, let's just jump right in here. Devontae Adams got caught shoving a camera guy in frustration camera guy did go to the hospital probably unnecessary um he was butthurt yeah well did. the legal team i like the guys on twitter said it was the right call. like that's what you should do. no that is what you should do if you plan on pressing charges and he did clearly so there has been formal charges filed for assault against Devonte adams and the league will do something this isn't you know, something that happened in a club. This is something that happened on one of their fields after one of their games. There's very clear evidence as to 
to what went down. He's likely facing a short suspension and a fine. It's I we all knew it'd be a fine. I, I I'm not shocked if he gets suspended by a game. I think it'll so, be a game. Yeah, just a game. It uh all the different angles and all the different excuses that I've seen people give him. Like he didn't see him. I'm like, no, well, I mean, he may have saw him that second, but he still fucking pushed him. You still don't shove somebody. Like, look, here's the thing, right? You ever go grocery shopping? <laughs> you ever walk out of the aisle and somebody jumps out last minute coming across that cross aisle there and you don't see him? Do you shove Phyllis to the ground? Because let's <laughs> know. I bag, might now. With their bag of Quaker Oats, or do you stop and say, <laughs> sorry, man, or kind of like, you know, if you are that close to touching somebody, like your natural reaction is normally to, like, to me, it's at least to grab their shoulders or something, you know, not shove them to the ground. Yeah, it's uh, I get his frustrations. He's never done anything like he's he's never been in the news, which may no. which may help him avoid suspension. I just think as as, as Hopper, as you mentioned, it's just they're going to send a small message with this. They got to do, they gotta do something. Yeah, it, it, I mean, uh, like he was already pissed off after that play. He slammed his helmet on the ground after that. He, yeah, it's like the last thing you want to do is get in front of a pissed off guy. You know, maybe he so, thought it was Hunter Renfro. I mean, they're about the same height and size <laughs> that he walked into. Maybe he thought it was Hunter Renfro. He's like, "What the fuck, man?" Well, Renf- Hunter Renfro that, is still laying on the field. I don't know whose fault it was, but that was one of the worst. That was that was God. I mean, what the fuck, guys? It was both. Actually, uh, Adams got stuffed at the line, so the timing was off. Oh, Adams man. was supposed to be up and over, already beyond. Over and, when uh, Renfro had that cross. Uh, yeah. yeah, Renfro was supposed to be playing the under, and then that deep pass was supposed to go to Adams there. But Ad- but Adams didn't get a clean release, so right, ah, yeah, got it. That hold up, and that would make sense if Adams is supposed to be going deep and Renfro's running across underneath. If he got jammed and the timing was thrown off, that you know those routes are going to cross if you draw the lines. So, I mean, it, the wide look to that side, it, it's like I think Carth threw it to try to draw a penalty. I think that was his he, well, yeah, he was. He it had to be enough. Yeah, he was going to get sacked, so he had to throw it away. That game, it's as. It's interesting as it was to watch it. It was very, it was very aggravating to watch. Just bad calls, you know, on the ref side, and just kind of, it's just so yeah. That rough questionable call, play call I couldn't, whole. I couldn't figure that one out. Uh, there's been several of those I've been able to figure out. The defensive holding on the kick, on the field <laughs> goal, <laughs> that was fucking dude. That was that was that was almost worse because of when it happened. Yeah, it was, it was like oh, just. Horrible. So, bad game for the refs. Fun game yeah. to watch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good game if you had Which Kelsey and uh, Mahomes. It was kind of the the anti whatever the hell happened on Thursday night football. Oh. It was like if that got you know a little bit older and a little that bit game drunker. was great. I love kicking. <laughs> love yeah. it all. Kickers matter. Look at that. You got a question already. We haven't even jumped into the show really yet. Yes. Would you? See? Would you wait on Higgins playing, or would you start McLaurin tomorrow night? I'd probably go ahead and start. Well, so it sounds like Higgins would have been available in situational type situations, I guess, but they were losing and they didn't play him. What I guess my question is, what's your other option? If you skip McLaurin and Higgins can't go, you know, because I definitely want T Higgins playing out of those two. Yep. It's a oh, Thursday yeah. night game. Thursday nights have been consistently hitting the under. The Bears 
have not given up a ton of passing yards because you don't have to really throw against them. You can run against them. So, you know, and they're not pushing pace or anything like that. So I definitely want T Higgins. If I have a backup option that I can use, you know, if he I got go, otherwise I'd go. Otherwise start McLaurin and be safe. If there's absolutely nothing after that. Yeah. And, and maybe some options to look at in free agency or in your waiver wire. If, uh, if you want to go that route, you know, you got Alex Pierce who's coming off of, uh, you know, some targeted games might be available. He gets mm-hmm. Jacksonville, um, you know, Devin Duvernay as, as Bateman is, is still not practicing. He might be held out another week. Yep. Um, and Duvernay is the, uh, de facto number one, um, not a great uh, matchup against the Giants, but still. Valdez Scantling's in a good matchup and might be on waivers, and he's seen <sighs> Isaiah McKenzie targets the last several back. weeks. Is he? I thought he was still. He cleared. Uh, Did he clear? He cleared. Yeah, uh, he cleared today, and he's. Uh, he was allowed to practice. Gotcha. Control, I was looking. So. I was looking last night. So, I mean, you may have some <laughs> other options there to back back T up. I definitely want T over McLaurin in a vacuum, but you know, if you have to start Terry to be on the safe side, then you I have just, to do it. But I just don't love it. I just I would probably so... I would probably wait yeah. on T and then pivot if I had to. He's got Adam Thielen against a uh, third quarterback Miami Dolphins, and <laughs> we don't need to talk about Thielen again. But I mean, Thielen is I'd also be fine just with a, that though. Yeah, I mean, he's in a better situation than McLaurin. If you have, I would play Thielen over McLaurin. I just I I. I Thursday nights are just such a fucking crapshoot, and this yeah, and this, and this game just does not spell any upside to it. There's no need to mm-hmm. to chase McLaurin, where it might be the Gibson and Brian Robinson show. Who who knows? Yeah, how dare you besmirch David Montgomery that way? Well, I mean, saying for Washington, David, David, I say Monta- for what Monta- Montagumby, Montagumby, oh my god, mahogany, mahogany, sure. <laughs> Wasn't talking about Chicago, but that's the only player you can probably play that man too. Yeah, from that. So team. wait on T. If you got to plug Thielen in, it's fine. Yeah. Um. Okay. Matt Rule is fired. Finally. Yay. Steve Wilkes will be the interim head coach there. Uh, that means Ben McAdoo has full control over the offense. Oh no! Did you know Bitch. Matt Rule's contract is eight thousand dollars a week now to pay him out? It's. That that's dude, freaking nuts. That dude make $8, is $8,000 a week. That dude's the, uh, who is the guy? He's the Matt Flynn of head coaches right now. He is. He's yeah. not a head coach anymore. Or the Chase Daniel. The Ch- he'd yeah, have to yeah. bounce around the league a little bit more for that and just continuously get fired. I don't know. Anyway, he's gone. Um, Baker Mayfield is going to miss this week. We'll talk more about impacts of the Panthers here in a minute. Uh, we'll just say that, you know, Ben McAdoo as a coordinator was not nearly as bad as Ben McAdoo as a head coach, but that was also 10 plus years ago. Yeah. So. And the Panthers, the fire to Matt rule doesn't solve the problems. No, it does not. So just not in the least bit. Nope. Uh, Drew Locke is an interesting <laughs> note came out on sleeper today. But, oh my God. <laughs> Drew Locke is nipping at the heels of Geno Smith and uh, Geno Smith is leading the league in passer rating. So, what is we, Seattle's they, record? Well, Are they uh, two and three? They're two and three. And yeah, it's like, damn, you can't and even it's make an argument. Geno Smith's problem. Why is this? Not even close. Why is Pete Carroll saying this? Are they too good? Are they really trying to tank for 
In what world did anyone expect Geno Smith to be the best quote unquote quarterback in Seattle's offense to be one of the better teams for? I'm so, my Nobody. fucking mind so not, not better than the Broncos. Freaking person! I I buy into Geno Smith, and now we get Drew Lockney's. This is what happens when I dunk on. I dunked on this entire fucking team. Yeah, and now and now DK Metcalf's a wide receiver one. Tyler Lockett's a wide receiver one. Uh, Kenneth Walker's about to win people leagues. Uh-huh. He can kind of play Will yeah. Disley. Geno Smith has saved my ass from Russell Wilson in more what places the fuck than is one. This year? Yeah, shit's I, getting real. I love it's 2022. It. I can't wait for like I can't wait for them to lift the mask because it's going to be. Russell I don't Wilson. Know. It's, it's, it's going to be actually <laughs> Russell Wilson. I fooled you, fuckers. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go to Bro- it's going to be Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a couple signings to note. Cardinals signed Tyson Williams after their entire backfield got banged up. Uh, Saints worked out. Jordan Howard, Jordan Wilkins, and two others. Didn't look to see if they signed any of them or not. So, yeah. Jordan Howard signed. Did he? Are yeah, they also the named squad. Jordan? <laughs> no, no, a team no, full it of was AJ Rose and somebody else. Oof. Uh, in 49ers, the man room. 49ers signed kicker Sam Sloman. Robbie Gold's dealing with a knee bruise. So if your league has kickers, take note. Uh, and the Seahawks signed Tony Jones after uh, the Rashad Penny injury. So a couple things to be aware of there. I know DJ Dallas is a hot waiver pickup for receiving game work. We'll see how Kenneth Walker gets used. Uh, you know, running back injuries come in bunches for the Seahawks. That's been true for a while. Yeah. Uh, 49ers released Marlon Mack off their practice squad. Patriots waved little Jordan Humphrey. Rams waved Jake Funk. Just a couple fun names for us in there. Oh, little Jordan Humphrey, man. Yeah. If you could have only ran fucking fast. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Only you were faster. If only yeah, you big, were big, really a big Jordan. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Ryan, Jesus Christ. Nikhil Harry was activated by the Bears off IR. They desperately need some receiving help. So the former first round pick will have a shot to do something because Dante Pettis ain't it <laughs> and Bayless Jones ain't it. So he'll get a chance. Uh, Greg Dolchich activated by the Broncos because that tight end room isn't messy enough. And some guys going to IR. Ashton Doolin uh, sent to IR at the foot injury. Uh, good news for Alec Pierce. We've seen him kind of take off the last couple of weeks as far as target share goes. He's pretty much a locked and loaded wide receiver two three at this point that you can could have gotten on waivers. I don't know if you still can. I did in a couple of places. Um, Dalton Schultz reaggravated the knee. That's after two weeks of zeros from him. Yeah, they should have probably just sat him. Yeah, you should, so we should probably just stay away from that. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why they're so afraid to put anyone on IR. Like, why didn't you put Dak on IR too at the same I, time? You should have. I don't know. Just because Dak wanted to convince them that he could he could return early, and he's not going to be back until next week, probably at the earliest. Fucking so. stupid. Uh, Logan Thomas and Jahan Dotson both dealing with uh, soft tissue issues, so questionable for Thursday. I think they're already. I think uh, they're they're already uh, Logan Thompson's been low. Yeah, he's already. Dotson's already out too. Okay, is he? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Baker Mayfield already ruled out with a high ankle sprain. <laughs> ruled out. Uh, uh, <laughs> with yeah. a high ankle sprain. PJ Walker is going to start for Carolina. Oh, yeah. PJ Walker. No, no. I owned him for, I, I, I lost get him it, for seven hours. Can it get any worse? I mean, <laughs> have you seen PJ Walker play? 
Ryan, I legitimately pulled up my quarterback roster and saw Taylor Heineke and Gardner Minshew and Andy Dalton sitting there and said, no, I don't want to offer any of them. And kept moving. <laughs> yeah, but you saw I, I, I traded him right away. Like I had well, an offer. A, I did see that for a fourth rounder. I was going to yeah. pick Zach Zinner back up and offer it. And offer it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a super deep league, by the way. For those wondering how the hell Zach Zinner is relevant. He's, he's not. not. He's not. But neither yeah, anybody not. else on way for this conversation. He is. Yeah. So, I just like to we're have playing some over PJ Walker. That's it's quite the game with the whatever names are still in sleeper. <laughs> all made reason. up. Yeah. All made up names actually. Uh, it's above five fantasy points. You're like, all right, I'm gonna put a waiver claim in for him. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I just picked up three <laughs> kickers in Scott Fishbowl. That's so great. <laughs> I mean, when you're when I you're two points. and eight. Everybody's hurt, and I need points. Yeah. Give me all the kickers. When you're two and eight, you, you just gotta say fuck it and go for the brain. Turn the so. son of a bitch into a leg league and start up to four of them. <laughs> it's so good. Um, Damian Harris is gonna miss multiple games with a hamstring injury, so Ramondre Stevenson to the moon. Yeah, he's uh, RB one. Uh-huh. RB two floor. RB two floor with very good one upside. upside yep. Yep. Uh, Teddy and Tua both still in concussion protocol. Uh, Tua back at practice on a limited basis, but we ruled out this week. Uh, Skyler, something or another, will be playing quarterback for the Dolphins. This gonna Skyler be... Thompson. Yeah, that's Skyler right. Thompson, seventh round pick savior. If if ever there were a week where I wished the <laughs> Dolphins were playing the Panthers because I like to see the world burn. They were so <laughs> close to get the Vikings. Who's the third string quarterback for the Vikings? Can we just get a third string versus third? They don't string? have one. They only have two. Oh, they got somebody on the practice squad. They got. They two. might. They might. I don't know if they do because they like they let uh, they let Kalamon go. That doesn't mean they don't have anybody because they traded for someone, didn't they? Oh, that's I don't know. He's the backup. Nick the Mullins. guy from the Raiders, Nick yeah, Mullins. Yeah, Nick Mullins is backup. It's David Blau. <laughs> is it really? Oh my god! Oh yes, yeah, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah. He signed the day after that he got released. Yeah. Oh, he was like, I gotta go to the Vikings, man. It can't be worse than Detroit. It's a David Blau. That's all right. Let's get David Blau versus Skylar Thompson. Uh, Rashad oh. Rashad Penny broke his fibula. He's done for the year. So that dude, can't, that dude cannot catch a break, man. That's, he no. did catch a break. Oh, oh he, Ooh, he got multiple. That was cold. He caught multiple one. breaks. Nailed it. He took he took break a leg a little too far. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get canceled tomorrow. No, we're not. No one listens to this show enough for us to get canceled. You know this. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Kenneth Walker <laughs> and Kenneth Walker is gonna win you some leagues. That's that's what Apparently, we got. Apparently, because the Seattle offense is like, I took everything everyone said personally. All right, let's talk some strategy here real quick. It's middle of the season. It is. For redraft and dynasty. You should right now have a pretty good idea of what your team is and and where it's at. So let's take this from three different perspectives. If you are a team right now that desperately needs wins, you're you know, one in four. What are some things that you're looking to do? And we'll do redraft and dynasty for all of these. What are you what are you looking to make happen? 
What are you checking on? Trades. That's the one thing. If you're holding on to players that are hurt, that may come back, potentially, guys that are, you know, I got like Keenan Allen. Keenan if you're holding, on, holding on to guys like Chris Godwin, potentially. I know he's back, but it, it's... Back? Dak. Andre Hopkins. Yeah. Hopkins, uh, you're you're basically trying to use their name value and getting some immediate production now. Or um, if, it's sorry, or or if you have a high valued name like a Najee Harris, I'd say Delvin Cook, but he's coming off three touchdowns and looking to offload for something that maybe you can pair into a two for one and try to help. I don't like to recommend two for one trades, but. It's one of those situations where you ju- you're just trying to find points. I'd be trying to go the route of get rid of some of my, you know, maybe get rid of one guy that is top tier talent and try to get me some depth, try to get me three or four usable pieces back that, you know, might not be consistent week to week ones, but might be twos with one upside. Try to get me a couple of those pieces and make my roster deeper. And that's how I'm going to try to compete in, in redraft leagues like that. I want to try to, you know, we're going to try to take my most valuable asset and turn it into something where maybe the sum of the parts is better than what the one piece is that I gave up. So this leads perfectly to our boy Randy Miller's comment. He's one in four and he just traded. He just traded Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Hopkins for the Cincinnati stack of Mixon, Burrow and Chase. There you go. That's 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 yeah, that's not a bad start. It's going for full upside. I yeah. I I I it, I hesitate. Got to do something. That much exposure to one team, but you got to make you got to make moves. And if Cincinnati's offense decides to actually show up for once, and you know, and they can maintain that for multiple weeks, it's coming. It it, it might help you there, especially when they get Higgins back. I think that's the one that's that's actually their missing link right now. I think. Yeah. And then in Dynasty, sorry, Ryan, anything to add on the redraft front before we flip to Dynasty for this? No, no, because I can tell you exactly what I'm doing in Dynasty because you guys saw it today. Yeah. You know, I am what? 0 and 5? Trady P.J. Walker. That's actually smart. That's actually really smart. That was a real yeah. smart move. You got smart. You spent some fab, picked up a waiver guy, and turned it into a fourth-round pick. Yeah. So the fourth-round pick could be nothing. It could be something in the long run, but it at least gives me it could be yeah, a boat, that, Ryan. It might yeah. be a boat. And then, but then I also turned around and traded Tyler Higby because he's got one more year left on his contract. And I'm like, and he's getting old, so it's like, get something for him while and I can. And he's being productive. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going nowhere with my team because I can't even break like 80 <laughs> points. So. I'm yeah. going somewhere, and I'm not sure how. Me too. I just, so I just it, keep winning it's games. Because like, it's that fuck? league, and there's no depth to anybody's roster. So <laughs> it's so deep, man. My God. I can't you even back start to... quarterbacks. What the fuck most did weeks? Nick do? Nick's like, let's. Let's take the Super Friends League and multiply it by ten. I love you that. Have accidental league, wins. I miss it. That is a league, lot of fun. Ah, uh, league was so much fun. Yeah, in Dynasty, I'm gearing up to sell, and what that means <laughs> is I'm identifying, like Ryan just said, my assets that are on the last year of their deal that are getting up there in age. I know that I'm ticketed, unless it's because of you know super hard luck injuries, which there haven't been that many of those this year, at least not long term. You know, I'm. I'm gearing up to find sell windows on some of these guys. I'm looking for, you know, I got one league where I'm 0 and 5, thank God, because I thought I was going to win this week. Um, where, 
I just churned out some, it's IDP, so you can find some players. I just turned out some older guys for some younger guys for the waiver wire. I'm looking for a J.K. Dobbins sell window. I'm looking for a Tyler Lockett sell window. Looking to to ship some of these guys out for for draft capital or or younger pieces, and that's what you should be looking at in in Dynasty if you've you started out and you're in that deep of a hole. Now, the one caveat to all this is if it's injuries, especially in redraft, you got guys that are going to get healthy, like Keenan Allen, like Dak Prescott, then okay, yeah, you know maybe don't go full tilt yet and wait a couple weeks. But Dynasty, if you're that bad, you should be going up to sell. And yep. also in dynasty too, like if you're winning, you should look for that piece that you need, or you know that you think will help you, give you that next advantage for the next following week, and try to trade some draft capital to try to get that player too. Yeah, like if if you're you know weak at a wide receiver, find that team who is already tanking, and try to trade them first if you can for that wide receiver, knowing that it's gonna be more of a later first by what you're projecting in your own mind, thinking like if I make the mm-hmm. playoffs and get deep this is a late first round. I don't really want it because this is who I think I could get Yeah, over this player. Uh, let's go to middle of the road. Let's say that you're a team that's three and two or, or two and three. The first and thing you're looking at is your points, like how many points bingo. you scored as a team. That's the first, because that's going to give you the best Idea mindset of, of knowing of where, of, yeah, of where your team will probably likely go. How many you know points have been scored against you? So really based on luck factor, how lucky have you gotten? Like in the same league we've been talking about, I've won three games in a row and I have one of the lowest points scored against. It's like in the middle of the road of my scoring. That's going to come back down and you got to yeah, do something to either up that scoring to, you know, take advantage of those wins or realize that, you know, this isn't real and, you know, pivot more towards, okay, we're going to ride this out for a couple more weeks and then it'll course correct and we're going to start to to sell and redraft if you're in that position, you should realize this isn't real and start to try to add some scoring. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It, this part is real different because there's a lot of teams that are in this position right now. In Dynasty, you're, I I would recommend the wait and hold because most trade deadlines in Dynasty are a lot later into the season than compared to redraft. Some leagues mm-hmm. don't have uh, trade deadlines. So you're able to you know, yeah. take advantage of waiting to see how your team's moving and going. In redraft, you kind of have to start making moves now. Because you're looking at you a month away, maybe five weeks until we get to the deadline. And, you know, your team could look completely different then. And, and it's they're trying to win and redraft. You're not trying to tank. There's no reason to tank. The other side of this, too, is not just look at points for, but look at points against as well. And and if you're tough luck in that regard or yeah, good luck in that regard, you're going to look at those points for, points against, and try to figure out what's real, what's not real, which way do you figure to trend, and then adjust from there. The other thing that I would say is if you're on sleeper, which hopefully most leagues are, um, pay attention to, and we're, this is why we're doing the reset the narrative segment too, but pay attention to what percentage of your total points you're scoring each week and make sure you're not the problem. Make sure that your, your lineup setting is sound, that you're playing based off of actual matchups, not just name cachet. Um, you know, go look at where guys target volumes at, where they've been trending towards hit their name in the app, figure out where they're ranked at their position and, you know, realize if maybe your impression of a player is, is wrong and you need to adjust that. Or if you've got a guy that you're consistently benching, that's, you know, 
getting more target volume or that it, it's consistently outscoring somebody you're starting because you're just looking at names, you know, pay attention to that and look at your, your management tactics as well. Another thing to look at too, is like taxi squads. Like, you know, we're in a league together where you can have a good player, your rookies on the taxi squad. Like I have George Pickens on there right now, but yeah. I'm still keeping them on there just so that way I can keep my total points down with the way the league goes. So that way, because you're trying to, yeah, because you're playing tank and you're perfectly within the rules to keep them there. Yeah. You know, but you're playing for the draft pick. So you don't want to activate him, put him up against your roster headcount or anything like that. You're going to, you know, keep him there and use a strategic activation later on when it makes sense, either in between seasons or, you know, if it's a situation where you keep him there for the first two years, which some of them are, then, you know, you just, you play it that way. If you're in a multi-year rebuild, there's no reason to go rush and activate them off the taxi squad. Nope. All right. We're going to go back to Brady's got another question here. Sure. He's going to double or he's going to, I guess he's going to piggyback off of his previous comment here. He's asking if you should trade Jamar Chase and Gerald Everett. So Chase and Everett for Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin and Darren Waller. He says he has knocks in waiting in the winds until Waller is healthy. Yeah, but Knox isn't healthy either. And yeah, I would hasn't not make been great. I would not make that move. No. no. I I uh I get I'd want where you're trying. I, I like I the idea. Yeah. I get where you're trying to go. In in this case, you're giving up the best player in the trade in Jamar Chase, especially with the most upside. Well, and Gerald Everett might be the second best <clears throat> player in that deal right now given positions and consistency Deontay Johnson is not been bad but the Steelers offense has been kind of a dumpster fire and I'm pretty sure Pickens outscored him last week yeah he's kind of playing like second fiddle to Pickens right now well Pittsburgh's uh, offense this guy it's gonna it's it's in this weird spot because you know you, you know bad defense poor offensive line running game can get going you're Pickens through their or uh, pick it through the ball fifty two times, yeah, and uh, Pickens ran two less routes than you know your boys Deontay Johnson and, and uh, Chase Claypool. That's there, I, there's that's what I was looking at, and Pickens. There's is... some upside to this team if they're going <laughs> to throw this much. It's not going to be pretty, and it. But you know, I don't want to yeah. go too far off. You know, too far off a tangent here. But I, I would personally, and it sounds like Marcos would would not make this trade. No, yeah, I would keep I, Chase and and keep Everett and yeah, yeah. All right, keep Chase, keep Everett. That doesn't mean that I w- I want to before we move on from that. I want to say your head's in the right place. You got the Bengal stack, and you know now. Okay, let's flip Chase or or maybe even at some point mix in and try to turn that into more pieces. I think that's the right idea. That's just not the right trade for it, in my opinion. Yeah. You still want upside in redraft. You still, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't. I, I don't like having exposure to one team, but that much exposure to one offense, especially an offense that's struggling. But I would be looking to try to get uh, something a little more than those three guys for just even just chase. Yeah. Now let's look at the anything else on being a middle of the road team in either set for look at okay, your team that's running out front. You're five and zero, oh, four and one something like that. Um, first off, celebrate. Second off, still look at your points for. Make sure that it's real. Make sure that you're good. You should still be trying to 
to stash and work your depth and improve week to week. But this is where it comes down to don't do things just for the sake of doing things. And I think I talked about this on on Sunday. I had a trade offer that was let me go pull it up again real quick. Dan, you remember this one. It was pretty well lateral. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming back to me. Be uh, and be a little weary. Um, we're you know we're we're in we're almost we're pretty much at the middle part. Yeah, you know the beginning of the middle part of the season. You got to be careful when trying to cash in depth. Yeah, yeah. bye weeks are yeah bye weeks coming. You got to at least put yourself in the position to to at least still make the playoffs. So don't yeah. go too crazy when trying to cash in your depth. And that's a good point because bye weeks you start this week. So if you're holding on for guys like. Allen Robinson to hit and they're taking up roster spots or, (laughs) you know, Russell Wilson to put it together or something like that. You know, you may be in a situation where you're, you're dropping them. I'm still a little hesitant on Wilson, but you're maybe in a situation where you're dropping them and churning to get something else in there for a bye week or depth to gear up for a bye week. Maybe even look the next two, three weeks you've got on by and be prepared to take care of that. Um, the trade, by the way, was Higby was I would be getting Higby, McCaffrey, and Smith. I'd be sending out Fournette, Godwin, and Mark Andrews. One of those things that on paper is not a bad deal. Um, it's a lot of lateral movement. I don't think the value is way off, but it four and one now, it's a trade just to make a trade. And there's no reason to do that if you're sitting that that pretty. Don't make moves just to make moves is what you got to work in. Yeah. And I would I would want to keep I would actually want to keep Fernet and Godwin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I actually like actually, I mean, it's lateral for sure, but it's one of those situations where it's like I can I can get a little bit better while not pretty much losing anything outside of maybe the outside of McCaffrey, but you know, we know what the Bucks we know what a starting Bucks running back looks like with Tom Brady, and it's yeah, it can be pretty good. We also kind of want to build like your depth up if you can. Like if you have two good right wide now, receivers, definitely right now you do. Yeah, if you have yeah. two good wide receivers, you can trade for a better wide receiver overall. That's the kind of deal you want to do on your bench. Try to build that additional depth up, especially for with bye weeks here now. It, this is a great time to start looking at. Just get yourself, you know, familiar with matchups. If you are pretty hardcore, you're probably already doing this, but. A really good way to just to stay ahead of your competition is to start looking ahead at weeks and start trying to guess or or predict or or hedge your bets on players with good matchups coming up. That's another great way for these middle of the road to bad teams to try to get quick, you know, points, you know, a four on, you know, maybe take a player that's got a bad playoff matchups because for some fucking reason, we really care about it right now. And maybe he has, you know, a good two, three, four week stretch right now that maybe you can get for cheap. You know, buying low on players, it's a great way to get your rosters back and going. And it's not even a bad idea for teams that are, you know, that are fairly competitive right now. If you can kind of help churn your depth and give yourself a good advantage throughout the rest of the year. Indeed. All right. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. And I want to reset some narratives, look at some performances, look at some some guys here that are are doing work a little bit. So we're going to start with the quarterback position right now. Um, just going to look through a couple of different stats and kind of hit top tens here. So 
Um, we're going to start with pass attempts because volume matters, right? Your leaders right now are Tom Brady, Kyler, Kyler Murray. Standout, Carson Wentz right now at four. This is over the last three weeks. I, He's had one dud this season. He's a QB 11 currently. He's a QB 11 with only one dud? Yeah. Man, Jesus, that Washington, that's... I'd be looking to trade him, I guess, if I could. But it's there's that just says there's very little upside to him because yeah. he is thrown through five weeks. He has thrown under 40 times one time. He has been under three. He's got three 300 yard games and three multi touchdown games passing. So no rushing touchdowns. Uh, he's been over 27 fantasy points in three of those games. The two he wasn't was Philly and Dallas. I forgot we're actually in a pretty good quarterback renaissance right now. Right. I think I, I think looking at the disparity, it, it, it's like the top six quarterbacks have outscored a, a shit ton of points compared to what we've seen from last year's. Um, we do have another question. Uh, we're gonna, I guess, we're gonna kind of go back in time 30 seconds and go keep talking about trying to fix teams. <laughs> um hey I, i'm not gonna try to pronounce your name man sorry um hey i'm owen five with herbie cook herbie i'm assuming is herbert Her cook work. cook aaron jones amon ross st brown jamar chase mark andrews and recently traded for jalen waddle in his flex spot. how the shit are you owen five who should i trade for and for who i also have kenneth walker josh jacobs dude don't just hold like just you're deep. You've got the pieces. <laughs> just, I don't know how you're on five. I don't it's, know if you've got like, it's got to be schedule luck. If it's got tough luck and there's just like, we were just talking about looking at points. Look at your points against versus points for, right? You don't, with those pieces, you don't need to go make moves and try to get more pieces. There's either, you know, you're just running into bad luck, which you hope self corrects throughout the course of the season or, you are, you know, you're so deep that, you know, you could be hitting players on the wrong weeks and in, in lineups and, you know, maybe need to pay, maybe need to, you know, look at matchups a little closer. But there's, you know, there's no reason when you're that deep that you should be going out trying to, I mean, know, I don't think. I can see how. I can see him being below 500. Herbert's been banged up since week two. Hasn't had uh, Keenan Allen who's coming back. That'll help. Uh, Delvin Cook finally had his two touchdown game. game. He had three. Three. Had Sorry. I thought he had I thought three. Two. He, had, he finally had a double uh, touchdown game, but still, he's still in 100 yards. I think Cook's been kind of disappointed. Aaron Jones is in a split backfield and a bad offense. Um, I can see how St. Brown awesome start. He's hurt. And then, you know, he was on a, a pitch count. Uh, Bengals offense sucks, which Jamar chase is in this kind of weird spot. Mark Andrews has obviously been great. Waddle has been hurt since his blowups. And now obviously he gets to finally use Kenneth Walker. He's probably not playing Josh Jacobs because he has Delvin cook, Aaron Jones and Hawkinson's got one good game this year. I can see in a really, really unfortunate events, why your team would be in this spot. Yeah, so what would you do? I, I don't, I, it's, you can try to, you can try to look for a little more. Is it maybe, redraft? 
I'm assuming so. Yeah, I just know. I, I mean, I guess parent Aaron Jones and uh, I'm gonna say Brown for someone. That's probably the most expendable asset I would think would be Aaron Jones for. Yeah, you can try to cash in on on Delvin Cook's name. Maybe try to get a Damian Pierce plus. You do the same thing with Aaron Jones. Um, I would definitely would not trade Mark Andrews. I would definitely not trade to Mark Chase. Um, I think your wide receivers are fine. It's maybe, I mean, if this is a single QB league, you, you can you're gonna have to overpay for a quarterback, but maybe try to go after a team that's got Jalen Hurts, maybe has a strong backup behind him. Um, you're not or getting Josh Allen. Play waivers if it's not super deep, if you don't yeah. like the Herbert matchup. Yeah. I mean, there's enough Geno Smith, Carson Wentz's, and Jared Goff's in the world that you pick them in the right matchup, they're gonna give you what you need. Yeah, it's oh man. I'm sorry you're on five. I I, uh, I don't know how. That's bad luck, man. It's gotta be uh if you don't mind posting, if you're still listening, if you don't mind posting your points uh for and points against, maybe we can kind of see. There's gotta be some bad man. There's just gotta be some bad luck there. Um you still have enough time to turn around, right? I've I've started out on five. I beat the playoffs. Um you're probably not gonna get the number one seed, but you there's still enough six. There's still enough of a there's still enough of the season left to where you can turn that around. But you're you may have to make some moves because you because you're gonna have to string together wins. What uh he's asking how do we check? So he's using ESPN. I think go to your league site. I think it's in the league. Well, here, I'll check for you real quick. Um, I don't remember offhand, but thankfully, I guess, it, thankfully, I still have. Unfortunately, uh, regardless of how strong your team may look, if you're 0-5, you're still going to have to figure out ways to manufacture some points. Yeah, and, so, the mobile, and, and that may not be the problem. It just may be this may not be your year, and that's, yeah, that and, and that's the unfortunate part of redraft where I would be fucking ecstatic if I left my draft with that team. I mean, yeah, right? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be talking shit. I'd be fucking victory throwing my dick it. on the table, throwing you know victory lap. I got Delvin Cook, got Aaron Jones. I, 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 I'm it. stoked. I got, I got Amon Ra probably late. I got Jamar Chase probably at a decent cost. Mark Andrews. Do you want me to tell the guy where he finds that information or no? No, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, if you any ESPN, go to the. When you pull up your team and your roster, just go to the league tab and then go down to your standings and scroll right. It'll say PF and PA. PF is your points for, PA is your points against. If your points against is significantly higher than uh, your points for and significantly higher than the rest of the leagues, it's bad luck. Yeah. That's my guess. It's just uh, the unfortunate Trying to make him feel better by saying that it's it's not him. I I just think it's a bad. I think it's just bad train of luck. All right, all right. Back to where we were. <laughs> where were we? Uh, we're starting to look at quarterback stats as we. Were that's right. This. So that's right. Carson Wentz is is fourth in pass attempts. Um, other than that. Nobody else is really going to surprise you in the top there. Trevor Lawrence at 11, and I'm bringing that up because I was cheating ahead a little bit and want to point something out with with Lawrence. Passing yards, um, it's Josh Allen and Tom Brady at the top of that. Geno Smith is third. Jared Goff is fourth. Jared Goff, bad week last week, missing most of his receivers. Once they get healthy again, Lions have been putting up points. Um, Kirk Cousins is sixth. Matt Ryan, seventh. 
a little ugly for Ryan with the offensive line. Um, pass touchdowns again. Geno Smith third. Jared Goff thought? eighth. Trevor Lawrence ninth. So again, there's two top ten callouts for Trevor Lawrence right there. So just some some things to think about. And I mean, when you look at guys that are are down here, you know, a bit further close to the bottom, you don't really get anybody that would surprise you. Actually, it's pretty chalk. Mahomes and and Jackson and Herbert and Burrow are all about where you'd expect them to. Rodgers is hanging top six in most of this stuff. There's not really a whole lot that's surprising. The only other thing I want to point out is Rush. When we talk about Konami code quarterbacks, uh, Daniel Jones only over the last three weeks has 40 or less rush yards than Lamar Jackson. If you're looking for floor in a quarterback that you can go grab, Daniel Jones has been giving you that. Uh, Carson Wentz also up over the hundred and or sorry, no, Josh Allen. I don't know where I just saw Wentz's name, but it wasn't right. <laughs> but uh, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, all more rush yards <clears throat> hurts over the last three weeks. Hurts has three touchdowns. Daniel Jones is two. If you're looking for rush floor, Daniel Jones has pretty much been right in the same neighborhood as Jalen Hurts as far as rushing floor goes. Hurts is making up the difference in his passing game. Just another thing to think about as you evaluate quarterbacks and streamers, though. Daniel Jones is not playing bad right now. It's just not a sexy name, but in the you know, no. the Giants' offense isn't. Com- I mean, this is why rushing quarterbacks are so valuable in fantasy. Is mm-hmm. the Giants' offense really hasn't been great, nope. but he's not turning the ball over and he's making up his production on the ground, which is why we you know, which is why we always preach for you know this these Konami quarterbacks. He's you know you know top half of the league in rushing. You know for their volume, they'll make up maybe the the passing stats that. Aren't they are lacking? Yeah, and yeah. he hasn't thrown a passing touchdown since week two, so that is like, yes. But, oh my god, I mean, he's got no fucking receivers. He's got he's got David Sills as its number one receiver, and Richie James. Like, oh my god. Okay, so this guy has scored six hundred and five points, and he's six hundred and seventy five against them. That's a little bit of a discrepancy. It's not not knowing well. if I don't want to. I don't. It just sounds like bad luck. It's yeah. it's uh, he asked if he should trade Burrow. He said, "Would you do Burrow for Godwin?" But I mean, he, he didn't he didn't list either player on his team. So if you're getting Godwin, I would trade Burrow for Godwin. Yes, yes. If that's yeah, what would. you're asking me, I would, and I think these guys would agree. I would trade. Burrow yeah, for yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially in single quarterback. Absolutely, you don't be too de- team dependent either. And that'd be four players on one team. That's a lot. Yeah. All right. All right. Keeping her moving here. Uh, looking at rush yards, Josh Jacobs, second in rush yards over the last three weeks. I, I, I don't I, I I don't know what to make of this of this Raiders team. Maybe it's Josh McDaniels. So I, I have no fucking clue. But Josh Jacobs looks like a different running back. Uh, it's been he over 140 Monday. yards the last two weeks. And Denver is not a slouch run defense. But he went for 144 and two. So Josh Jacobs is turning it on. Um, Damian Pierce is sitting below that. All three of those guys ahead of Derrick Henry, by the way. But Damian Pierce over the last couple weeks, 
um, or last three weeks, bolstered by 80, 131, and 99. So he's been one of the best pure runners out there. And Ramondre Stevenson sitting right behind Derrick Henry at 300 yards. Jeff Wilson, eighth in that as well. So just running back's been weird, but as far as pure rushing goes, you know, those are some guys that when we talk about resetting narratives, you're looking at Josh Jacobs and you're like, okay, week to week. I don't need to start him week to week. The last three weeks, he's second in the league in rushing. You're starting Josh Jacobs week to week. Every week. Every Damian right Pierce on. is third in the league in rushing. You're starting him when you got him. Ramondre Stevenson was fifth and just lost Damian Harris. R- running backs have been bad this year from the top. It's been bad, whether it be injuries or just lack of being able to produce. Um, you got to... You have to like you have to stop looking at the name and start and just uh, and tell mm-hmm. yourself, okay, Damian Pierce is out producing Zeke Elliott. It's time to fucking play Damian Pierce. Like get yep. over the fact that you're benching Zeke. Like yes, he's getting volume. Same thing for Najee Harris. I'm seeing tweets on here that's saying that that people are playing Eno Benjamin over Najee Harris this week. Do you blame him? No, no, hasn't been doing anything, you know. That's the thing, though, is just because you drafted these guys with your first round pick doesn't mean that you are tethered to them. You're and you're starting roster every fucking week. Trade them. You're entering week six. Yeah, you're done with that. Yeah, yeah. You've waited for five weeks. It's time to start pivoting. They should have pivoted after week three. Yeah, two or three. You just you just Uh, can't ignore points. Speaking of interesting things, target volume. Leonard Fournette just one target behind Christian McCaffrey over the last three weeks. Truly helps to have Tom Brady throwing on the football. My God, and this yeah. is why if well, and if you're shot away, it's on your waiver. I pick him up and stash him. And McCaffrey being pedestrian in the Panthers' offense. God, somehow Baker Mayfield has tamed uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Thank Devin, you, Baker. Thank you, Devin Singletary. Six, by the way. Josh Jacobs, seventh. This. Uh, thank you, McDaniel. I can't believe I'm saying it. Thank you, Josh McDaniels, for actually. Finally utilizing Josh Jacobs in the way that we all wanted him to be uh-huh. used. The other oh side God. of this, Alvin Kamara, where he makes his bread and butter, 11th, but he's been hurt. So he's only played two games in that time frame. I was going to say, he's, uh, he looked very good last week, too. So he would be top 10, but <laughs> he's he fine. Come back. He's, 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 he's fine. Any who's it. Uh, Delvin Cook be one. What's Delvin Cook at, Hopper? Uh, four targets. Yeah. Like, where is he? Where does he fall? I think that's when we're outside of this past week. That may be one where people are. We know Zeke's been bad. That hasn't he? He hasn't had a good game this year. I don't believe. Maybe it's no. Pollard's been over him like every yeah, game. But Dallas is obsessed to play Zeke. Like because they're paying him too much. Yeah. That why yeah. In the world, don't I see? And that is why the Panthers will always keep McCaffrey because no one's going to fucking take a bloated running back contract right now. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Besides the rumor of the Bills. I started I mean, laughing when I read they're that. They're not trading. Like, no, Come on. There's no team that's going to give them anything that's worth McCaffrey. And No, that's too much money. And that contract, they would have to take on the bulk of that contract. That's that's it's such a bad contract. Dalvin Cook was not showing up because over the last three weeks, he has had four targets. <laughs> ah, And he's not getting a lot of rushing production. Because the no. Vikings are just like watching their games 94 76 96 three touchdowns over that time frame so he's right around 270 ish yards which would put him in 
company with such esteemed guys as uh well he's right there with Jamal Williams right behind Jeff Wilson. Yeah, that's RB2 range. It's, if, yeah. And if you got touchdowns, which is what you got last week, you're going to get your RB1 week. But otherwise, Look, he's been pretty meh. It's RB10 points per game over that time frame. You're not mad, but you're probably not happy that he's been a little more boom bust instead of a little bit more, you know, floor to him. Right. So, um, looking at wide receivers, again, just kind of looking at the top, which we're probably like top 24 here. Target volume wise, you are led by Marquise Brown in targets. DK Metcalf is up fifth, Mike Williams sixth, um, Josh Reynolds eleventh. Ahead of Cortland Sutton. Without without what? with the banged up St. Brown, right? Without uh DJ Chark Swift. Uh 10, 8, and 10 the last three weeks. Yeah. 28. It's got the chemistry built in with Goff back to the days with the Rams. So there's yeah. there's some familiar so as long as people are missing. Yeah. As long as there's uh there's starters out, I think Reynolds mm-hmm. is one of those 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 sneaky safety blankets. It's like yeah. a safety blanket. Yeah. Now the flip side of this is, you know, somebody that's maybe fallen off a little bit. Michael Pittman has had, you know, is over the last three. I guess he didn't miss one week, so that's why. Never mind. He was hurt. Don't count. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Kind of. Kind of. So also target volume wise though. I don't see Alec Pierce on the... Yeah, he is. He's right with Drake London and MVS. Alec Pierce is. And that's a couple of things I wanted to, to toss out there. They've both seen 20 targets over the last three weeks, so they're averaging pretty decently. Um, Valdez Scantling always with a chance to pop off. Alec Pierce been pretty decent as well. So, um, look, Juju Smith-Schuster shit the bed with the Chiefs over the last few weeks. It's not been great. Yeah. Valdez Scantling's getting the target volume. And he's got the big playability. Yep. From a receiving perspective, Marquise Brown is also at the top of the list in receptions. Uh, Devonta Smith is fourth in receptions. So he had a good week. He's he's had a good. He's had like two or three good weeks in a row. Yeah, he had the target wise. Week four was a little dicey, but three of his last four weeks have been very very good for yeah. Devonta Smith against you Minnesota, can't ignore Washington, the- Arizona. You can't ignore the goose egg in week one. So there is there is some bottoming out to him at times, but it's, it's been right. good. It's been good. He has he's been pretty decent. Tyler Lockett, Josh Reynolds both up there. Chris Olave is up there. That shouldn't surprise anybody. George Pickens, another guy that is starting to trend up. 224 yards. Hasn't got the touchdown yet. 23 targets. So he's up there, you know, ahead of the aforementioned MVS and and Pierce, who are climbing themselves into wide receiver two range. George Pickens is coming on and making a name for himself, and the touchdowns will come, given the type of player that he is. Well, Pittsburgh is going to keep throwing the ball as much as they do. I'm very saying 2018 Pittsburgh. You're, you're going to get flex plus weeks for, I think, all three of their guys, because there's going to be volume there for all three of them. I agree. All right, tight ends the last thing I want to look at, because this is what kind of led to saying, hey, Let's look at some guys, reset some narratives here. Um, Tyler Higby, Zach Ertz, both ahead of Travis Kelsey and target volume <laughs> over the last three weeks. Well, tar- Ertz is tied with them. 
David Njoku is right behind that. Oh, he's so good right now. I'm so glad they got we're just a couple of years too late on him. Uh-huh. Or not late, but early season. We're, we're a little early on Njoku, but yeah, it's here. Jared Everett and Gerald Everett and Pat Fryermuth, both ahead of George Kittle. He's only Kittle- got 99 yards, no touchdowns this season. Kittle is not a must start anymore. No. No, he's just a name. Just a guy. Um, and then you get into Irv Smith, Cameron Braid there. Braid obviously. Titans. This is where it starts to get ugly. It feels so much worse than years past. It does. It's like if you don't have Kelsey or or managers, you're basically streaming. Yeah, and those guys where we talked about late round tight ends that seem to be coming up and hitting are Zach Ertz and David Njoku right now. Njoku, man. I was high as hell in Njoku. Everywhere. I have them everywhere. Oh, man. And I hate to say it because I hate to speak positivity to it, but he's got Watson coming back. Yeah, it hurts. Sorry, guys. He's, we well, we got to say it for the folks out there. You heard that. I hope that doesn't hurt him. He's leading in receiving yards. Um, Again, same names pop up in that top 10. Zach Ertz, Kelsey, Higby, Goddard, Andrews, Frymuth, Tyler Conklin's up there Um, in most of that. So just some things to think about. George Kittle down in 13th. Cole Komet, 8th. Just some things to think about. Travis Kelsey, obviously, huge week last week, so he's leading and doubled everybody else up on the touchdown front. Moali Cox, though, had a two-touchdown game. Something something to watch. Yeah. Say to Jelani Woods. Col- <laughs> say Colts, Matt Ryan really loves his... Uh, they're using the tight end. They're tight ends, apparently. Right. But that's so, the same ones every week because they keep changing. Come on, Ryan, at least give us something. We'll tell you how to apply this this <laughs> week, but just some things to think about as guys trend up, trend down. As we get through this, you know, guys like Devin Singletary, your opinions changed as it's gone on, uh, you know, versus Najee Harris, who's not a must start right now. George Kittle, not a must start right now. Um, Zeke Elliott, Zeke Elliott, not a must start oh right now. There are plenty of these guys that are not, you know, must starts. If you, I say I'm starting Carson Wentz over Russell Wilson, that feels terrible. But Carson Wentz has been the better quarterback. You could. It's pretty gross, but yeah, single QB Lee, you can drop Russell Wilson, guys. It's it, it's okay. Yeah, I know how. I know you don't want to. I know you're. I want. I I want to wield that offense into what we all thought it was going to be, but it, it just may not happen this year. All right, keeping with the way we've done this for a while, we're an hour in. We're gonna call call uh, game previews. All right, let's do it. Let's game of the it. week. Game of the week, guys. <laughs> Washington <laughs> at Chicago. Hey. The Bears are one point favorites at home. 37 and a half. I repeat, the game total is 37 and a half. Do not bet this game. Just just don't. Avoid it. Be under, Avoid right? it. Don't. I mean, no. I mean, I, I want to say yes because. Yeah, but 37 points is so low. You don't even go for the under on that. I, I, I'm a little more confident in, you know, it, and Mr. Fields after his game against Minnesota, where I can actually see Chicago putting up enough points to push this game over, but I'm still not betting it because it's still this game. So avoid it. Hopper diving fancy. Avoid it. <laughs> 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 it's a Thursday night game. They've been terrible. Um, if you can't really trust 
Yeah, I mean, Snapshare was was split between Gibson, McKissick, and and uh, Brian Robinson. The only thing you trust in this game or that you can even remotely trust in this game is David Montgomery, and if you're in desperate need, Khalil Herbert on the Bears' side because you know how that split's going to look. Uh, receivers have not been, been trustworthy. Uh, Justin Fields may be starting to come into his own with some of that rushing floor, but it's not a game where you want to stream it. Nope. And on the quarterback side of this, you know, the – you don't have to score a lot of points to beat the bears. You don't have to throw a lot, which kind of throws some cold water on, on Carson Wentz for this week. And you know what they, they may do. This is going to be black and blue, low scoring. It's not a game you want to target for fantasy. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Oh, no, you're good. I would say DFS wise, you, you definitely go Montgomery. I would even be curious to sprinkle in a little bit of Brian Robinson just to see what happens. He What's... comes in at forty nine hundred, just because. Yeah, Chicago ranks twenty fifth against the rush. I mean, you might even yeah, some it was just Brown in that the thirty six percent. You could because yeah, but Diami Brown was two catches. Diami Brown was two catches, two touchdowns. You're playing a showdown slate. You're playing right, a one game what... in a bad in a bad yeah. match. You got to find. But that's what Jahan Dodson was doing too, and so that is to me. If you got two guys that have done that, that's a role on that team, and you got Diami Brown plugging into the Watson role. Um, the Robinson thing, I expect that to trend up, but 33% snap share and just nine carries is not where you want to be. What's JD McKissick at? I can't see McKissick getting like, there's no way a game script's going to push seven, to be nine, more seven, nine, four, seven, the last four weeks. It yeah, touches PPR or point, target, point target volume, target volume. It's also the Bears. I know. So it's also pushing. I, I get it, but if you're looking for a back <laughs> and you're trying to find something somewhere, I think McKissick's the back I would lean out just because of the target volume. I don't know. Maybe you do get a Brian Robinson breakout. Call it. Will it into existence? Yeah, I want. I'm not happen. speaking ill will. Sorry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> now I it want, is. Now it is. Reason. Are you speaking, Dan? I, I I didn't specify who this game. Like I told. <laughs> Like I jokingly said, this game's going to go for 70 plus uh, total points. Because Not we a chance. Because we don't know. Yeah, no. I'm um, going to drink bourbon and watch this one burn. I'm going to I'm gonna raid him out. Uh, I need to throw an audible and call for a beer review because I'm pretty much empty. Beer review. Thanks, boo. Go ahead, Dan. All right. Again, I'm drinking Revolution Brewing's Oktoberfest. They call this a German style lager. It's going to drink on the Mars inside just based off of the uh, the sweet malt backbone to it. It's got a good medium body to it because uh, I'm drinking it from the can. I didn't pour it in the glass. I can't give you the actual uh, color notes from it, but uh, it, it, it is a very good Oktoberfest. I'm going to go with it somewhere in the range of copper. Yeah. I'm going to go with it. With that nice, cool amber copper color, um, with it not being a best beer, you're gonna get a little more, you know, you're gonna get a little more boldness to it. So, well if you see this in stores, which if you live in our our neck of the woods, right? I don't know if you guys get Revolution out there in yeah. Michigan. Okay. Yeah, we get some up here. That makes sense. I've had a couple of them. Um, if you find this out there in the wild and you're a big fan of Oktoberfest beers, I would recommend picking this up. 
All right. I had uh, a Belgian IPA, Belgian farm. No, sorry. Farmhouse IPA um, from Crane Brewing Company. And, you know, yeah, it, it's definitely a baseline of a, of a farmhouse and a good farmhouse. It's got a little bit of a, of a tart sourness to it that doesn't overwhelm you. It's got just a touch of that funk that's it's not overpowering, but take another sip there. There is a slight malt backbone to it. Maybe just a little bit of like a, of a breadiness with a hint of caramel. Like, you know, maybe it's Pilsner and light, like caramel malt in this thing. Maybe a little bit of wheat just to soften it. So, but so weird. What really jumps <laughs> out on this one, I mean, is the hop character, but it's interesting because it provides a really nice contrast to that light, you know, kind of tart sour note to it. It doesn't conflict. It, it's it's a nice balance between the bitterness of the hops and some of that tart funk of um you know the the farmhouse that's underneath of it. But also I think the hops in some ways accentuate that funk and make it a little bit more farmhousey. But you also do get some of the grapefruit and citrus notes that that come out in front of it. And you know it's it's layers of flavor that you don't normally see together, but it works out well. It's just an interesting beer. It's just, oh my God. It, it sounds interesting. I, I absolutely love, love, brewer, I love when breweries or, or, or when home brewers go completely, just go completely out of left field. Home brewers gone wild. <laughs> home brewers gone wild. Next on VHS. <laughs> Next on the QVC network, homebrewers gone wild where you see them throw in all sorts of hops and malt and yeast into a batch and say, fuck it, let's see what happens. That's what a farmhouse is, basically. It's and it's whatever you just leave it around. open and yeah. just let the culture take over. And then sometimes it's fucking terrible because you can't predict the culture. And sometimes you get just a perfect mix. I'm gonna go That's grab amazing. Beer while you talk about yours, Ryan, even though. I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on yours. You hear? Oh, okay. So I had Evil Geniuses. There's no crying in baseball. Hazel, Hazy Mango IPA. I know. I'm getting ahead of myself on this one. It's a hazy IPA with a natural mango flavor and a wicked curveball. Hazy and refreshing. <laughs> this beer knocks it out of the park with a hefty dose of dry hops and natural mango flavor. You should say it's in a league of its own. God. De- definitely like it. Love it. I'm going to grab very, it. Very smooth. I got to grab a beer real quick. Okay. You want to just take over for the next game, Hopper, real quick? And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start s- with fantasy, then you can jump back in and do betting. How about that? Because I don't have the lines pulled up. Love it. Actually, what is the next game on your list, though? Because mine doesn't mirror yours. Uh, Bucks Steelers would be the next on my list. All right. Bucks Steelers kicking off the, the noon games. Um, so buccaneers secondary has been pretty decent but as we we talked about earlier in the show Steelers are passing a ton george pickens has strung together some nice games and deontay johnson continues to have pretty good floor i think you're okay with both of them uh firemuth continues to be you know right on the borderline of a of a startable tight end uh actually haven't looked at his numbers other than looking at the the roll up from from earlier this week so a little bit of a dud last week on your pickets first start so you may be able to find better options just one touchdown this is a tight end game but you know more, more comfortable in the wide receiver two flex range with Deontay Johnson and um George Pickens on the Buccaneers side of this Chris Godwin came back and had a, a 
a solid game showcasing some wide receiver to floor with touchdown upside. Um, the Steelers have not been good as far as the defense. So I think you can lock and load your bucks with Godwin, with Evans, with Leonard Fournette in this one. And of course, Tom Brady, who's playing a lot better since he got a divorce attorney. <laughs> <laughs> All it took was getting rid of Giselle and now he's unlocked. Mm-hmm. Oh, no no real know. deep cuts other than, you know, I do like what Pickens has been doing. I do think they're going to have to throw a lot. So I do think that, you know, you could get another solid wide receiver two type game out of him with, you know, if catches a touchdown, could push it to wide receiver one. I'll throw out a note before we jump in the betting lines. I would try to proactive pick up Jalen Warren as a, yeah. If Najee is to miss some time, which I think he needs to be benched just because I think he's he's too banged up. Um, very good stash. Or they need to cut him out of, or they need to try to figure out something different in the running game because they haven't been able to establish it. So Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll jump in the bed lines and we'll go into DFS. Uh, Bucks are favored eight and a half points on the road. Uh, 43 and a half is the game total. So no real, uh, no, no real confidence in Pittsburgh scoring offense. Um, Spread wise, it, it, this is just too many points. Um, the Bucks have finally gotten it going, but let's see if it's more consistent. I would pass on this game. If you must bet, I would take piss. I, I would take a uh, Bucks on the road with a small, with a small unit. I wouldn't go a little. I wouldn't go crazy on it. Sure, half a unit, half a unit. Sure, half yeah. a unit. That's there good. you go. Half, half a unit, half a unit, not a full G unit, just a half. Okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> Many men. All right, men on the. Oh, you interrupted me again. <sighs> I'm a dick. I know. And then on the DFS side, I'm definitely going Tom Brady again this week. I have him like a, as a bargain pick still because you know, like when I do bargain picks on FFFaceoff.com, I always make it six thousand as my cap. But Tom Brady only went to sixty three hundred, and he was robbed of two touchdowns from Chris Evans, or not Chris Evans. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Chris so. Evans just robbing Chris people Evans, yeah. touchdowns. He's not no, getting Mike, enough. Yeah. No, not Mike getting Godwin. Enough, not getting enough work. Mike Godwin. Mike Godwin. It's Terry Godwin. Terry, Terry. <laughs> Terry Godwin. There's a name for you. There's a but having, having two games of back-to-back, 22 points over that, he, uh, he's due for a nice breakout of three to four times that I feel like. Um, Najee Harris, we already said not to play. I'm t- the only running back I'd be willing to play in this game would be Leonard Fournette, 7,400, just because of that defense for Pittsburgh is nothing. It's Swiss cheese. You can go ahead and run on it all you want. Chris Godwin, though, he's still a solid play at 6,100. Definitely would go for him. And also, I, I'm going to go down even lower and go with uh, George Pickens, just like uh, what uh, Hopper was saying. That chemistry that him and Pickett, Kenny Pickett have right now, is one you would definitely want to hit pounce on. He's had eight targets in back-to-back games, and he's actually turned them into good catches, wide receiver two-type numbers. And that's it for this one. The touchdowns are coming for uh, for Pickens. Yeah. They'll have to get creative to get him involved on, maybe try to get him away from Jamel Dean a little bit. He's not allowing shit to anybody. So just throwing that out there. I do like this. I do like a box game stack in this game. Little Brady, Fournette, either Godwin or Evans. Yeah. This is going to be one of the better games this week, I think. Just it's gonna be given that Pittsburgh's going to be better. I don't think it's going to be better from an <laughs> NFL standpoint. I mean, from a fantasy perspective. I, 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 I truly going to have right. to pass and their yeah. defense isn't great. So, All right. 
Jacksonville at the Colts. Colts are one and a half point favorites at home. 42 and a half is the game total. I like the over in this. I think Jacksonville's offense is looking to bounce back, and why not do it against a divisional opponent that's also struggling? Um, you know, game spread wise, I I I would lean the Colts at home, even with one and a half points. Uh, this was in Jacksonville. Jackson will be favored by nearly five points. So, I I kind of like the Colts at home, and I'll take the over here. Okay, I'm looking at. Ryan, do you want to go ahead with DFS? I'm I'm looking at something here real quick. Yeah, like for DFS, I'm going in with Travis Etienne. I've been on him and off him this this uh season, but the more I start to get more info, I, I get on him. The more the trend of him taking over between James Robinson is more of now a 50-50, where before it was James Robinson running that backfield, and the last two games, Etienne's kind of boosted up even in that bad game against the Eagles where it was just total rain out. ETN still had the same amount of carries, but last week ETN was able to go out with 10 rushes for 71 yards and then three receptions off five targets for another 43 to give him 14.4. So he's starting to, he has back-to-back double-digit games over 11 PPR because in uh, DraftKings it's PPR, so it's over 11.4 PPR points. Uh, and then Michael Pittman Jr. seems borderline because he's so like I don't feel comfortable with him at 6,900. But if you think he's gonna bounce back, Jacksonville's defense is really good against wide receivers, and even though a lot of us wouldn't think that going into the season, so I'm not touching really any wide receiver on Indianapolis. And that's pretty much it for that one. I don't, everything else feels kind of it's kind of like a wash game to me. What's no Christian Kurt at, Ryan? What's Kurt at after his his uh, his back to back kind of dud weeks? Fifty eight hundred. But the but Indianapolis is uh, secondary is another tough one to throw against. That's fair. That's fair. That's why I, that's why I'm so iffy. I'm like I just don't. I'm like Ugh. I just don't feel like playing any of them. I've seen some stuff out there about about the type of coverage that they run. You know, Kurt is generally successful. I think they run more zone than man. Should be accessible. Yeah, which means I think I've been seeing some people saying uh, to die. I, I'm not throwing shade. I'm not trying to throw. Yeah, any. I'm just. I, I just wanted to know where where Kurt was because I wouldn't mind throwing a little Lawrence Kirk stat to see if, if the bounce back can come back. With them being you know relatively cheap than 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 usual. So this is already their second game of the year too against each other, Jacksonville and <laughs> is it really in India? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I wasn't necessarily expecting that. Christian Kirk did this uh, early. Right. Yeah. So Christian Kirk did have a, a good game in week two. Yeah, 78 two. yards, two touchdowns back in week two against his offense. So or against his defense. Um the other thing that I was looking at though was was Matt Ryan. Uh, and one thing I noticed watching him against Denver is that he was really hurt by, by that offensive line play. And he threw three picks and had a terrible, terrible game against Jacksonville in week two. So I gonna kind of got to echo that sentiment. I like Alec Pierce as a, as a stash, but you know, Jacksonville is blitzing right around the same and rushing the quarterback and causing hurried throws and everything right around the same level that, the Denver is not the same sack production or anything like that, but they are getting pressured about the same clip. So 
just something to to keep an eye on there. Uh, Matt Ryan coming off of another dud type of a performance. So, you know, maybe shy away from, from Pierce and Pittman this week if you can. It seems like a good matchup on paper, but that could very well be a trap. Jacksonville fared much better against the Colts back in week two um, with Christian Kirk snagging two touchdowns. James Robinson went for 60-plus yards and a touchdown, even though he's been a little bit down the last couple weeks. So I'm okay with Kirk Robinson. ETN, like Ryan mentioned, has been picking it up in the receiving game as well. So a little heavier on the on the Jacksonville side. Even Trevor Lawrence, if you need a stream this week with, with teams on by, which is probably actually something we should mention the start of bipocalypse so i'm assuming there's some uh not only good teams but maybe a fair amount of teams so the lions texans raiders and titans are all on by so that means you don't have derrick henry you don't have josh jacobs you're looking for running back stars you have no damian pierce and then obviously no jamal williams or deandre swift so you're looking for running back starts this week which is where etn and james robinson really really come into play in this one um, you're also going to have with that no Devontae Adams, no Amon Ross St. Brown, and you're losing two of your better streaming quarterbacks in Derek Carr and Jared Goff. And JT is still not practicing for what I saw today. Yes. So yeah. there's something to note because if we believe that Jacksonville's offenses take a step back, that may put them in a, in a negative game script, which means maybe Naeem Hines actually finds some. Is he supposed? He went into concussion He's protocol too. Yeah, I haven't heard anything on him. No, no, so. I just just remember that. Tune in Deion Jackson. Oh, it, Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay split work. Deion Jackson looked like the better of the two. Tune in on Sunday. This is what I'll say about you know your health stuff, especially with concussion protocol and you know ankle injuries and stuff. Just tune in Sunday for that. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for running backs because you're missing. You know, three guys this week, four guys this week that would be immediate starts. ETN and Robinson are two that I would look towards. All right. Bengals at the Saints. Bengals are one and a half point favorites on the road. 43 and a half is the game total. I don't think we've heard word on the Winston situation just yet. Um, I've, and, and to that same note, same thing about Higgins, but it looks like Higgins is charting towards his availability being back, which means I like the Bengals on the road with their full complement of players back, or at least the hopes of it is. Um, I think this line is suggesting that Higgins may not play because one and a half feels a little light against a hapless Saints team. Tune in Sunday. Tune in Sunday. Uh, with that in mind, I take Cincinnati at one and a half. And I would stay clear of the uh, of the game total until I hear a little bit more on the injury front. Yeah, and this one's pretty chalk from a fantasy perspective until we know until we know more on the on the injury front. You know, pretty neutral neutral game script. A couple of neutral teams. You did have a big game from Taysom Hill last week. Chase that if you want to, but he doesn't ever really seem to string them together. Uh, it, you know, the Bengals obviously are. You're starting your studs. The Saints are waiting to hear on on Thomas Landry, Olave, all who all three are banged up. Kamara's fine. You're obviously going to play him, but you're not going to know anything about this wide receiver game until we get to Sunday. So make sure you tune in there to figure out who's healthy for the Saints and who isn't. Because right now all three of them are banged up. Plus, is uh, Marshawn Lattimore out too? I don't because it's. Are we on the I don't care about Marshawn Lattimore train yet? I don't care about him anymore. He's only good against Mike Evans. Otherwise, he sucks. 
All right, because I mean, I'd, I'd be comfortable going with Jamar Chase at seventy seven hundred <laughs> at that rate. If you don't care, I'm, let's go. Let's do it. And then he is uh, playing. He is playing the slot more. Yeah, to- he he's playing the slot more. Toasted by Justin Jefferson. And then if T Higgins is out. Tyler Boyd at fifty one hundred. Can't go wrong in those two deals. Actually, and what sucks though too for tight end, you can't get Taysom Hill. He, they put him yeah. at quarterback here, as they should. Yeah, he also didn't <laughs> give up. Uh, Taylor to Lattimore's. Let's put it that way. Well, I hope we get crappy Lattimore. And then Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon. I definitely start both those two. Sixty nine hundred for Mixon. Sixty seven hundred for Kamara. That's not a bad bad price at all, considering. Most running backs are, I think it's 8,800 is the max. I'd have to see them all. Dan, counteracting your Lattimore sucks. He didn't give up shit to Robbie Anderson. Boom. Oh, oh, damn it, man. Robbie's always disappointed me. Christian McCaffrey is the top running back right now at 8,300, followed by Nick Chubb at 8,200. That's low, it feels like. I mean, but I'm always thinking of FanDuel uh, pricings, which is a little higher than most parts of DraftKings. Generally, yeah, yeah Mixon and Kamara come in at RB9 and RB10. So, okay, yeah, okay, all right. Uh, Jets at the Packers, Packers at home, seven point favorites. Uh, 45 and a half is a game total with us being five weeks in, and we can start kind of looking at against the spread trends and, and where teams are at compared to what their lines are for that following week. Green Bay is uh, they're they're one and two when their lines are more than seven points. Um, they obviously covered against Chicago back in September, but their their past two weeks, they've also been favored by more than seven points. They've not been able to cover either. And with that loss against the Giants, they're just I'm taking the Jets. I don't I I've been very consistent. I don't believe in this in this Packers offense. They they play slow. The passing game is very inconsistent, and they just don't produce enough points. Jets kind of got that momentum, the big win against the Dolphins. Even if it's you know, even if it's against the third string, they put that team away. I like the Jets on the road. I'll take the plus seven, and I'm staying away from the game total. Yep, fantasy side of this, Alan Lazard is uh taking back off a little bit. 16 targets over the last two weeks, 10 receptions, 140 some odd yards and a tut, 151 yards and a tutter over that so the target volume is definitely there and you know going up against the jets that's that's a pretty decent matchup for the target volume that that he is getting uh both teams use split backfields but uh for the jets you're more interested in Brees hall in in this one than anything else michael carter did get two touchdowns but slower pace so just roll with Brees in this one other side of this on the packers side they're still pretty well evenly split aren't they Jones and yeah, it's, it's very I th- gross. I thought it started to like let's like, look. That's I what touch wise, I touch wise, it's been very much in favor of Jones. I thought uh, that's what we do here when we don't know. As we go look, we go look. Uh, I laugh about Michael Carter. Yeah, it was, it was, thir- it Jones was 13 was up. Okay, yeah, and it, Jones's snap share was 73% last week, 60% against New England, 60% against Tampa Bay. So uh, it's been about 60-40 in favor of Aaron Jones. It was a little bit of anomaly against the Giants. So a little hot hand approach, London. So, you know, you're leaning Aaron Jones a little bit more than anything there. Uh, Jets on the wide receiver side of this, you know, I don't 
it's not been great. Wilson's been back for two weeks. You had one good game, one bad game for for Corey Davis. He's likely to draw Jair Alexander, if I had to guess. Garrett Wilson, since that happened, has not gone over 40 yards. Elijah Moore's not been fantastic either. I'd kind of try to avoid the Jets wide receivers in this one if you can. Again, slow pace. Um, should be moderate in the scoring front. I don't see anything blowing up here. So stick with Brees Hall on the Jets side. Actually, love, love the Brees Hall call. Yeah. And... All Brees Hall. Oh, yeah. He yeah. had all that work, all for oh. Michael Carter to steal two touchdowns from him in the goal. I'm like, what are you doing? Yes. Oh, my God. I was no. so angry. <laughs> I was so mad. It works out for TFS, uh, though, because it, it keeps it at $5,800 for Brees Hall. Brees Hall's 58? Yeah. And so uh, he's coming in at RB19 right now. He's about to be chalked, though. He's going to be played in almost every fucking. In every yeah. Well, one of our sure. players, one of our players is that we'll be talking about later will be chalked for sure. So, but yeah, in this game, I mean, he had 100, 100 receiving yards. What was it? 70. I think I just had it. Uh, so he had 97 rush yards and 100 receiving yards. And those two touchdowns that you brought up were a 79-yard catch and, like, tackled the one-yard line along with another 21-yard catch, tackled the goal line, where Michael Carter came in and made the tackle. But, but yeah, 5,800, you you have to smash that. That's an easy talk play right there for me. Aaron Jones, 7,600. Yeah, it is what it is. However you feel about that. And... The wide receiver, actually, the wide receivers for uh, the Jets would be the ones I'd actually probably be more consistent in going after because Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Corey Davis range from 4,800 to 5,000. So you have a nice middle of the pack type of wide receiver to kind of throw in as a flex, you know, to say, what the heck. And then that's pretty much it over here. Right? Game feels a little ugly. Right? It's. It feels I mediocre. Feel I just Let's put it that way. I just don't want to play. I just want to play. I just want to play most people against Green Bay. It's just, God, it's just their games. I just, I just hate. It's just the Hall and Lazard. They're slow and they're boring. And I, I want to be more excited about the Jets, but they're playing Green Bay. So, but but if, if Saquon Barkley can do it, so can Brees Hall. I feel like. Yeah, I mean Brees. Oh, I mean that offense is it's starting to trend towards it. I, I I'm all in with you, Ryan. I'm Hall, all in on Brees Hall, but I will also remind you that London games aren't real. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis got a fucking touchdown. We know we know the yeah. London games are not real. Screwed my Robert Tanyan out of it. God dang it. Yeah. All right. Uh Patriots at the Browns. Browns two and a half point favorites at home. <laughs> 43 and a half is the game total. Um, I'm assuming we're gonna get another week of Bailey Zappi. I don't think I've heard much news on Mac uh, Jones. Mac Jones was limited. I haven't heard anything for sure. From that front, I, I I'm waiting. I'm not gonna make any decisions now. Um, I'm probably gonna lean the pass on this game. I just don't like either team. I don't trust either offense or defense to keep it going. And that game total just feels like the perfect amount uh, to predict against. So, uh, no, I'm passing. Um, Kareem Hunt is on the Patriots. 
just a little fun fact. He's owned the Patriots. Yeah, two games averaging 13.5 rushes for 114 yards. So just a little little fun note there historically, especially since there hasn't been a lot of coaching staff turnover. Um, he's been getting 10 to 11 carries as well. So could get an efficient day from Kareem Hunt. Like I said, you're missing four starters. He's another guy that I might potentially target as a, as a fill-in for some of those guys on bye week if you have that option. Uh, other than that, Nick Chubb, Ramondre Stevenson, absolutely for sure. Jacoby Myers gives you uh, a solid baseline most weeks. Uh, we did see a little bit of upside last week. I don't think you're going to get the same upside this week um, by any stretch of the imagination, but the floor has been pretty decent too. He's got about a 10-point PPR floor. So if you need to plug in because you're missing a Monra, it's kind of like a Monra light in a way. Um, And then the other side of this, Amari Cooper has just been double digit targets week in week out. That's the only thing you're interested in outside of David Njoku in the, in the Browns passing game, David Njoku, obviously tight ends are tight ends. We talked about him earlier in the show at length. I don't think I need to go into much more about, you know, how Njoku has been, especially lately. He's a, a plug in start at this point as a top four tight end option. I like it. Yeah, Chubb and Stevenson, definitely chalk plays, especially Stevenson coming at 6,000 right now. Oh, yeah. Especially he's no over. He's more than Brees Hall. Yeah. <laughs> he's more than Brees Hall. And Kareem Hunt is 100 bucks less than Brees Hall. So Those are your yeah. cash game. Uh, those are your cash game running backs. I think a lot of them is Stevenson and Hall. Oh, yeah. So it can get you to like a Jefferson and Cup and stuff. Yeah, just like Harper said, like, you know, Amari Cooper, he just came off a 12 target game. So, and he's had. Double, double target games three of his last five. So that's someone to look at coming in at 5,900. I do like the Jacoby Myers call too, like Hopper was saying, because also Nelson Aguilar has a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. And he was a limited participant today in practice, so I'd keep an eye on that. But it doesn't matter who seems to be the quarterback. It seems like the Myers is the wide receiver one there for that team. Ooh. Right? People will stop doubting that eventually. And David Njoku, 4,000. <laughs> He's getting elite, uh, he's getting elite type targets, uh, and he's also he, but he's starting to move up now. Like he's up to tight end seven right now. Even though there's eleven teams on the slate, so or eleven games, not eleven teams, but eleven games. So it kind of boosts him up because of the four teams that are out. But he's truly like an elite type of tight end. He's uh, averaging five point eight targets for the season, and had six over his last three, no less than six over his last three. And then furthermore, he's caught 84, 84.2% of them, turning that into 24 receptions, 289 yards, and a touchdown. This is what I like, though. You know, touchdowns are fluky because we know all, basically all we already know is the one that who can really score the touchdowns is Travis Kelsey in this league. <laughs> Especially at tight end. Right? Like at the tight end position, that it's like Travis Kelsey or whatever else is left. What is and his cost again, Ryan? What's 4, his price? He's okay. up to 4000 now, so... Before God, he was in the mid so really, That's so low. That's yeah, so but close. he's still starting to creep up because he started out. He was at thirty nine hundred. So now we're actually this actually this is his highest cost now for the season. So he's up a hundred bucks. <laughs> well, week one he was thirty nine hundred. Last week he was thirty eight hundred. Ah, so he's been moving up and up. Love it. All right. Vikings at the Dolphins. Vikings are three and a half point favorites. 45 and a half is the game total against the third string quarterback. Vikings are one and four against the spread. They haven't covered it spread since week one against Green Bay. 
and you have different varieties of that spread. All of them have, besides the one against Philly, have been favorites. Um, none of them have been this low. Um, it's hard for me to go against this trend, though. Minnesota has a difficult time scoring in the middle of these games, and they're they're letting these teams get back into it. You saw it against the Saints, saw it against the Bears last week. Um, with how bad Miami looked against the Jets, so it's hard to it's hard just to ignore that. I I would lean Minnesota to finally cover a game. Um, and I would stay away from the game total because I just don't trust Miami's offense, especially with news of I believe both Hill and Waddle are 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 limited in practice. Yeah, but, they're they're yeah. both they're both limited, and neither one of them did a whole lot with with Skylar Thompson last week when they were playing. Yeah. I mean, it was like in the forty to fifty yard range, and just the upside was completely zappied out of them or zapped yeah. out of them. Sorry, that's <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, Skylar Thompson. I, Bailey Zappy didn't deserve that. He had nothing to do with that. No, <laughs> Skylar Thompson. I think i and I want to say it's more of a mobile quarterback too. So you're getting. In, a a lonely day three pick with not very much of a passing upside. It just feels like a, a, a no, almost it, weighed uh, a lot of Miami, right? Yeah. Other than you, you know, Mostert, if he goes, he's limited with the knee injury right now, and he's if already not, hurt. Then, if not, then it's a, they, I, a lot of people are thinking it's just veteran rest, not an injury. So, um, it's technically termed knee, but you know, watch him late week. If he goes, you're you're absolutely starting him for Miami. Otherwise, just kind of avoid if you can. I know that there's still a lot of people that are going to start Hill and, and Waddle, but I don't think that's going to be very high above replacement, if it is at all. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, on the other hand, should be full go. Miami's terrible against the wide receiver this season, um, especially over the last few weeks. And... You can roll with Dalvin Cook too. The only thing you worry about is, you know, how well is that that pace going to be going to be pushed? So, how do you guys feel about Justin Jefferson this week? I'm playing him. I mean, you I mean go you're playing for, him either way. You yeah. go for cheap running back so you can get Justin Jefferson at his cost. Are you worried about Xavier how, Howard? How high yeah. is his price? How high is his price, Ryan? You don't want to know. 8,900? How'd you know? What a guess. Uh, you I nailed it. Because <laughs> he's the best receiver in the league right now? No, he's actually, he's the number two receiver well, at cost. By, by, oh, at co- Wait, who's higher than... It's a cup? Yeah. At nine, is he 9K? Over. He's 9,700. 97? Yeah. Oh, was, God. Was Xavier Howard hurt last week? I have no clue. I don't think about uh, unfortunately. I don't think about Xavier uh, Howard. <laughs> Shoulder strain. Yeah, he's he's on the injury report. I think. I don't know. I don't. Or no, they just haven't charted it yet. Maybe. Either way, eighty-five yards given up to T. Higgins for Xavier Howard. Three There's, receptions. So they say that they're uncertain about him right now. Yeah, that's all I see. Got it. Do I feel com- Do you feel comfortable with Kirk Cousins in at six thousand? I don't know that I feel comfortable about game script for Kirk Cousins 6,000. I don't know that I feel comfortable that this is going to require, you know, be high scoring or require that level of passing or anything like that. Right. He hasn't, and he hasn't looked dominant at all 
it, yeah, he's at really any point. Like they game script start the games really well, and then it just kind of goes by the it way goes south. It, yeah, it's kind of like been, it's been fucking ugly. It's very concerning as a Vikings fan. Right. Yeah. There's a game later on that I mean you can ride Juno Smith in. Um that I like more than, than Kirk Cousins if if Gino's relatively fairly priced and you know, looking through the rest of this, Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that I don't hate going up against the Falcons. So there's there's some guys probably price range wise that I'd like a little bit more than Oh yeah. Than what Cousins is. There is some there, yeah. I can tell you I can tell you more later. Yeah. But yeah, like Delvin Cook's at 7,500. It's, uh, yeah. or I said Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill's at 75, Jalen Waddle's at 6,200. It's pretty much like a washer of how you want to build that. So just avoid this game, is what it sounds like for when you're building your lineups. This is not a game you're, you are circling I mean, to stack. More. No, no, I mean, like if you're looking for like a desperation touchdown, Irv Smith Jr. at 3,200. Because that's what tight end is right now is touchdown or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're Travis Kelsey, he only had 25 yards Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> like he's it's seven catches, 25 yards, and four touchdowns. Four touchdowns, though. Yeah. Four <laughs> four one yard touchdowns. <laughs> he stole all the goal line work. You had a formula that works. He's just so good. All right. Ravens at the Giants. Ravens are six point favorites on the road. 44 and a half is the game total. Giants have played teams tough. I mean, very, very tough. It's hard to it's hard to see a six point spread and say I'm going that team against them. They've covered back to back weeks against the spread here. Baltimore has been very up and down, wish washy here, especially from the offense standpoint. His players are getting hurt right now. Bateman's not practicing. Um, furthermore, hurting that hurting that passing game. I am taking the Giants at home. And I may sprinkle, as much as Hurst is say, I may sprinkle a, a little money line bet on this on the Giants. Say Who continues? Yeah, they they may be the grossest uh, four and one team in the league, but they're winning these type of games, and their defense is playing out of their fucking mind. Um, I'll take the under, and I'll take the Giants at plus six. Yeah. Daniel Jones matches up pretty good against the Ravens. There's another streamer you can you can look at five for thirty one and a touchdown on the ground of Mac Jones, uh, but Josh Allen, the mo- mobile quarterback that they've actually placed, eleven for seventy and one, and then Joe Burrow also rushed in a touchdown. They've given up rushing touchdowns to quarterback the last three weeks. Wow! And shown that you can give some yardage up against that. And Mac Jones is going to have to run the football, so or not Mac Jones, Daniel Jones is going to have to, <laughs> you know, he's going to run because they don't have wide receivers and they don't have healthy wide receivers on the Giants. So, you know, Daniel Jones is a scream that I like this week, um, given what the Ravens are giving up to the quarterback on the ground. Um, and then I also like, you know, Saquon Barkley, obviously. Uh, hard to, to, pick and say that you have to start J.K. Dobbins. He's still, he's looked good with the ball in his hands, but the ball hasn't been in his hands a whole lot. Baltimore is not really riding him the way that you'd expect yet. So keep an eye on that. Bateman will have to watch throughout the week. If he plays and, you know, you've got flex value in him. If not, Duvernay was was utilized. He was targeted down downfield. Um, I liked how they tried to get him involved. And I think he could be a sneaky good play. Obviously, you're playing Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson. 
So obviously the deep cuts there are going to be Devin Duvernay if if Bateman doesn't go, and then Daniel Jones is a stream. Daniel Jones would be a fun quarterback to play in DFS at 5,200. Like you said, you know, you get that rushing upside. Plus, with the banged-up secondary that Baltimore has, it could be fun to throw on, but I have no clue. I don't know if you guys know. They're, who the hell – who are the Giants throwing to? They were back healthy. I mean, Marlon Humphrey was playing. They were one of the best defensive backs in the league right now. Is yeah, Humphrey. they were pretty well back healthy, Baltimore it's just, was. It's the safeties that are bad, so big play. Yeah, That's why they're calling them. There's, there's a lot of big playability against them is that the defensive backs are very good. And as right as you mentioned, they have well, no receivers. To throw and they people. took that away really, really well against that great game plan against Cincinnati. And they took that away. Yeah. They just held Jamar Chase. The, the big, oh, it's Zach Taylor. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, man. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, <sighs> but I do like uh, JK Dobbins. We get 5,500. I don't know what happened that game last week where like they put him on like a snap count, which doesn't make any sense. Like, you go from 13 touches down to eight, you know, what's going on like with this pitch count? Well, and even at 13 touches, that's not a lot at all. That's, no, that's not a lot. And it's not that he, he looked bad by any means because he didn't, but he's just not getting a lot of the work, even though the efficiency is there. And that's why I have a lot of pause about, about JK Dobbins. It's not him. It's the utilization. Well, another thing too, I noticed too, like with JK Dobbins and like, like you look at the opposition rank, they're 12th against the run, and that's the Giants. But the, what the Giants do is they give up a lot of yardage, but they've only given up one touchdown. That was two. It's Ezekiel Elliott, who that's his only touchdown on the season. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I wouldn't. I don't know if I would, like if looking too much into that because the yardage is there. We're just hoping for that touchdown, and I think that kind of helps with Lamar Jackson being on the field because you never know if he's going to run it in. So I think Dobbins actually has a good opportunity. Giants, Giants are good against the run too. Giants are, yeah. have been better against the run this year, especially the start. And Dobbins had just a thirty-nine percent snap share, and when the game was on the line, it was Kenyon. Or when they were trying to ice the game, it was Kenyon Drake, not J.K. Dobbins, on the field. Yeah, it was just so weird. I, I, I couldn't figure that out. I just don't think Dobbins is a full. I, I just don't think he's a hundred percent. I think that's where the concern lines in. Is mm-hmm. I've seen, I've, I've seen no reports from some of the beat writers that follow. Well, and here's the other thing, right? The snap share went back down and the utilization went back down after that game against Buffalo. Maybe it was just that the defense was playing so well against Cincinnati and, and vice versa that they didn't, they didn't use him. I mean, he made his hay in the passing game against Buffalo. That's where the majority of it came from. So just another thing to, to think about. And, you know, I don't see this being that same type of game. If this is going to mirror a game, it's going to be more of the Cincinnati game where I, I, I agree. I expect it to be close. Giants having a, I mean, like I said, Giants defense is very much improved. The offense can get it done. It's just, it's not sexy. Like, I, I don't see the Giants putting up a ton of points. Me either. Um, I, I also don't see Baltimore put up a ton of points. They be that more so one dimensional is that they are missing one of their top passing options. And that really limits his passing offense. When Duvernay has to play out of you know position, he's not a number one. He's barely a number two, um, and you don't have your guy like Bateman who can take the alpha coverage away. So, I like Madrews this week. Then at seven grand, at that point, I'd be willing to play oh, him I, just for that reason. He's like Kelsey, man. You just play those two. I mean, I, I know DFS is different, obviously, because the cost. Yeah. But, <clears throat> excuse me. But at cost, I'll, I'll take that seven grand and 
build around that even. And naked mangers. <laughs> yeah. No, see, yeah, seriously. Yeah. I naked mangers. That's that's where we're at. All right. Last noon game. Niners at the Falcons. Niners are five and a half point favorites on the road. Forty-four and a half is the game total. I don't know how I feel about about either team. Atlanta's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit. I think we're we're etching closer to more Desmond Ritter season. Um, as they continue to lose games, San Francisco's they've been better. The defense definitely has been very good. I'm just I'm not I'm just I'm not sold. I don't know. I'll take them to cover the five and a half points, but I'm I'm staying away from the game total. Yeah, and Atlanta's something I kind of want to stay away from a little bit anyway. Like you said, the defense is good. Tyler Algier should have fine should have okay floor. Um, I think they last week that's that's what I wanted to see from him. Uh, you know, and he ran the ball 19 times against Tampa. It wasn't great from an efficiency perspective against a tough defense, but you know, it it, it was something, I guess. For 45 <laughs> yards. So it was, it was it's something. not going to be a, a much better matchup for him in this one against San Francisco. You know, Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts have been a little banged up, I think. I know Pitts definitely Pitts has. has. He didn't play last week. Pitts yeah, has been. He came back London, today. Just, London just hasn't really seen the utilization. And again, you're drawing a tough matchup. So Falcons are pretty much an avoid in this one for me. Now, the Falcons are you know, the defense isn't great. So Jimmy Garoppolo has been sneaky. Okay. So you're okay with that. Debo's always got the touchdown and the rushing upside. You don't know how they're going to use them. And it's a little scary for a while, but you know, you've got that upside there and that's, that's it. There's not a, a lot of like, Oh, Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson's also been uh, an RB one with Elijah Mitchell out. So I think Jeff Wilson's the one thing I actually really, really like in this game. I agree going down. Carrying on with Jeff Wilson. So I was just looking at his name. I was like, oh man, I wouldn't mind playing him. Yep. Because 6,200, that's not bad. And then the last two games, he said 18 touches and 17 touches. Well, attempts, rushing yep. attempts. And he's been double digit ever since week two, where he also had 18. So he's definitely got the, all that opportunity to lead to what could be another good game for him. And then I feel nervous about the Atlanta wide receivers because. The opponent rank is 27th, but if you're getting AJ Terrell on, and you don't know, I don't know if it's going to be on Samuel or if it's going to be on Ayuk, he's been quite the shutdown corner already this year. So I don't feel like the, one of these two wide receivers could be a trap. I mean, Ayuk hasn't really been anything. But so to say, if you're going to spin up on Samuel because you're thinking you're getting a great deal because of what he's going against, at, at that one could be a trap right it's there. Definitely not because of what he's going against. If you're playing Samuel, it's because of how San Francisco utilizes him and you believe that they're going to find a way to get him the ball in his hands, get him that touchdown, use him in the rushing game, not so much the passing game. That's what we I, saw well, the end that, of last year, too. Yeah, well, if they do use the rushing game, yeah, but it's not going to work in the passing. I don't think he's going to have much passing yardage like he did last week. I think he had, what, well, they also don't receiving use, yards? They also no. use the receivers so untraditionally compared to what yeah. we've seen from most teams is that they, I mean... As much as I dunk on Kyle Shanahan for his misuse of George Kittle, he 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 loves to drum out plays that both get Sam, especially Samuel. And it's like not touches. Really, 
And the, here's the thing that you probably don't want to hear. It's not really misuse of George Kittle, who's a really, really good blocker. It's probably the appropriate use of George Kittle. Given I know that's what sucks. I'm so that's what he's good at. And yeah, he's, he's an elite blocker. I know. Him, I, I know. He's a good pat. He's a great receiver too. But the thing is, is that Shanahan's going to deploy him where he needs him to win football games. And if that's you know chipping and blocking, this might be a good George Kittle game because Atlanta doesn't have the pass rush to force him to stay in and block. And Debo's actually been getting <sighs> the targets too. Like he only had two receptions last week, but he actually had nine targets in during yeah, the eight, <laughs> seven, nine. He's he's getting he's getting the work and you know, <clears throat> 73, 115, and then 20. Last week was a little bit of anomaly against a good Carolina defense. And and it was pretty much a game in hand. I mean, through most of the second half. Yeah. It was yeah. a game that it felt a little close first half and then and then they just ran away with it. I mean, I mean, they beat him by 18. So, mm-hmm. all right, three o'clock games. Yeah, <laughs> Panthers at the Rams. Woo. Ugly. Rams are 10 point favorites at home. 40 and a half is the game total. Look, the spread seems enticing, but the Rams are they're kind of like the Vikings. They just they like to keep bad teams in it. I'm still not betting the spread because it's PJ Walker. A lot of turnovers incoming, and I'll take the under because I just don't think the Panthers are going to score enough points to push that game total over. Panthers good defense, Rams out of sync offense. This one is what I'm going to call chalk. It's Cup. It's Higby. It's McCaffrey. That's fun. And call this. DJ Moore. God, man. Fuck you, Carolina. Not with PJ Walker. Oh. His target share with PJ Walker has been good for his career. So when yeah. posted, it's like twenty nine percent. Leave him on your bench. Never <laughs> mind. I'm just. I need am one I, good quality highlight for him. Am I good for or am I bad for wanting Cam Akers just to be good this week? Because I just feel like it's got to happen, right? I feel like a lot I'm, of people wanted Cam Akers to be good in I, general. So Hopper's the last do. person to ask for that, though. No, if you want to ask me for it, yeah, sure. I would love to see a Cam Akers week, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Hopper think... has been on the Cam Akers as a fraud drain since that draft class. So, oh, I don't know. I don't think he would have been a fraud if he stayed. If he didn't get the Achilles injury, you'll but... never know. I... We'll but never they... know. We'll never but know. But McVay doesn't get off him. That's what's it. He like you know Henderson looks better, but he keeps getting the ball to Akers like every freaking time. Because he's been very consistent on Henderson, and that's we're gonna keep him under a certain touch, and that's it. But like, like I feel like this is this is gonna that? be the Acres game, and it's gonna like it's gonna be the one that gets everyone back in because Carolina Panthers giving up on average 121 rushing yards and 0.6 touchdowns to running backs. Well, shit, I, ho- I really hope he gets that 0.6 of a touchdown. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, it, it's it's been three touchdowns. Hey, 0.6 of the ball over the goal line, still a touchdown. Three touchdowns on the season, if it makes you feel better. But two of them came from last week also. We got a question here. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, Terry McLaurin hey. and Clyde Edwards-Alaire for Darren. Or no, it was for Kenneth Walker. I thought it said Darren Waller for a second. McLaurin and, and Clyde for Walker. I feel like you're giving up too much for Walker at that point. Just because Clyde had one bad game after being like so efficient, so he's far been the whole efficient, season. but he hasn't been the guy from a he would be a getting snap standpoint or anything I, like that. You're getting a guy that's got insulated value, but he ahead, would man. be getting he would be getting uh, Clyde and McLaurin, I think. 
Uh, nope. Uh, other way around, he would be getting Walker. Oh, he'd be getting Walker? He'd be giving up Terry McLaurin and Clyde edwards Lair for Walker. Clyde is going to be up and down all season, I think, just because of of the usage. That's a pure RB, BC. He's going to have to rely on, on hyper-efficiency. McLaurin has had one bad game. The other five have actually been good, decent to good. Um, I think it's close. That's why I'm I'm pausing on this one. Here's another trade offer that was that that also fe- uh, features Walker. Same guys. This is Ryan in the chat, or not Ryan? Randy, excuse me. Sure. He was offered uh, Kenneth Walker and Drake London for Mixon. Which he pointed out he does not like, and I'm kind of I don't, I don't, I'm, with, I'm with him on that one. Yeah. The yeah. other one, the other one is I like Walker's. Still, I just like the touch volume a little more than Clyde. I did too. It's, That's where I'm stuck. I'm the inclusion of McLaurin is, you know, making the totality of that value. When I look at, I know I'm I'm iffy on McLaurin too. I got out of that in Dynasty, but I mean. You know, your yardage shoulders are 58, 75, 102, and, and 76. The target volume is nothing great. It's in that six to eight range. Just one touchdown on the season. I mean, I think Kenneth Walker very well could outperform the other side of that trade. But it's close. And, and if he does this week, you're not getting this deal. It's one of those. And and this is Randy. Randy is one in four. This, this is one in four team. I, I, I almost think I'd make this deal. Yeah. If you're one and four, you need to try to hit a home run. And Kenneth Walker is the type of upside that could get you that home run. I like yeah. I like the insulated touch volume compared to Clyde. Clyde will always compete with Mick or, or with McKinnon. You're thrown in Pacheco potentially. And his inconsistent like he gets uses in the goal line, which is great, but he just doesn't get the volume. And that vo- I don't think that volume is going to be there for him. Walker, on the other hand, yes, you're gonna have to keep writing Seattle's offense. We have five weeks of pretty fucking good offense. And Rashad Penny was an RB one in multiple games before he got hurt. And Walker is Walker a, a better pure talent. He had the big touchdown run too. Yeah. And he looked that that was a beautiful fucking. And he's explosive. That's what that's what he can do. So I think that, yeah, try to hit the home run there. He's got a lot more upside than McLaurin and Clyde yeah. Walker does. I, I, that's kind of, that's like the perfect highlight of what you want to potentially do is try to, I mean, yes, you'd love to move up a little bit more from their Clyde, but I think Walker's the perfect kind of low, low cost upside right now. Cause Home he, blows swing. Up, mm-hmm. he blows up this week. You're not getting that deal. Not even close. No, no. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have I'm anything? On board now. And they've got Arizona. So he very well could blow up this week. Yeah. I'd take it. <clears throat> we have anything to add to the Niners uh, Falcons game? I'm not sure where we stopped at. I'm sorry. I think we stopped at oh, the end of the DFS stuff. Perfect. We were just kind of oh, we're on the about. Panthers Rams. That's right. I'm sorry. We're on the Panthers Rams. Oh, wait. We already forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we are also still talking. We can just move on from that one. We were right? talking yeah. Cam Akers. We can move on from that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Cardinal Seahawks, as we just hey, mentioned look at here. That. We just talked about that. A perfect segue. Seahawks are not favored. Uh, Cardinals are three point favorites on the road. 50 and a half is the game total. Um, the Cardinals should be a better team. 
Uh, Seattle's playing, I think, above what uh, are clearly playing above expectations. I like, I do, I do like the Cardinals to cover. It's ugly, but I love the game total to go over. Both offices can clearly get their shit going, and both defenses are are, are pretty much below average against the mean. So, I love the game total. I love to go over, and I'll lean the Cardinals minus three. Seahawks, you can pretty much run chalk on this one. I mean, Geno Smith is, look, I faded him last week and he threw three touchdowns and the Cardinals have not been great against the quarterback. They've not been great on the defensive side of the football. Pretty, pretty standard for them, really. Uh, Just gave up 30 points to Jalen Hurts, 21 to Derek Carr. Patrick Mahomes had had 38. They've, you know, they're. They're giving it up. So you got to chase that. Lockett and Metcalf have both been very, very good, and we just talked about Kenneth Walker potentially having the blow-up week. I'm all on board there. The Cardinals side of this, it's Kyler Murray and Zach Ertz, and then when you look at the running game, you're going to have to tune in Sunday and figure it out because you got James Conner banged up right now. Um, I believe it's Daryl Williams that's out there that's also banged up right now. So you know Benjamin right now would look to be the lead back, and I'm totally okay with that one too if you want to play him. Uh, Greg Dorch completely fell off after the return of Rondale Moore. And you haven't gotten a lot out of the wide receivers here. So. Yeah, I love the call of Geno Smith this this week, too. Because like you said, like, you know, he you felt you got burnt. But it's like he's in pretty much that QB1 must start every week until further notice. Oh, Marquise Brown. Sorry. How did I forget about him? He's showing up at the top of every receiving list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like like I was saying. Um I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Sorry. But Gio Smith, he's been he's been averaging twenty he's been averaging twenty seven point two. Twenty twenty seven point two. Twenty Ryan's gonna quit. (laughs) Yeah. He's 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 like fuck these guys. I'm I'm going to the hospital I'm getting checked out. And I've come back. Are you having a a stroke? Yeah. No, go ahead and uh, file a police report. Yeah. Harassment. <laughs> He's like me. He's just you shouldn't have walked in front of me, bro. <laughs> no, but uh, Jalen Smith's been averaging twenty-seven point two points over the last three games. Oh wow! Multiple touch, right? There were multiple touchdowns in three consecutive games, along with two three hundred passing yard games. And the three hundred passing yard games are definitely the bonuses that we look for in DraftKings because you get three additional points for that. Also. As we like to call it, it's like uh, Hopper's been calling it the, this game chalk. It's going to be Kenneth Walker at fifty four hundred, just because we know he has a lead back. Richard Richard Penny is gone. It's he's easily going to be in a lot of lineups. I think he'd be a highly owned running back this week. And I'm going to detour away from DK Metcalf at sixty eight hundred. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to Tyler Lockett again for the third week in a row. Just because the uh, Cardinals are actually really good defensively against the wide receiver ones, it's the wide receiver twos that they have. Twos and threes I have problems with. Yeah, yeah. They like so they held AJ Brown to three catches for thirty-two yards, but Devontae Smith went for ten catches for eighty-seven. So I think this is going to be another Tyler Lockett game once again, while Metcalf kind of has like a down game. Yeah. How do you feel about Rondale Moore uh, coming off eight targets, six receptions, and 67 yards? You kind of took over what Greg Dorch had been doing. 
I like it because I mean, it's not like it was just that game. He also had five targets of previous game, even though they only went for eleven yards. They were short, but yeah, like they're trying to get him nice, involved. He's a nice sneaky start at forty two hundred. I wouldn't mind playing him either. You need to plug somebody in cheap because you go heavy elsewhere. There's floor there for sure. Yeah, and Zach Ertz is at forty nine hundred, which we already talked about earlier, where he's raked and as tight ends. I mean, he's beginning. He had just had ten targets, and now he's had. Triple digit targets, three out of his last five, also. So he's another tight end to also look at and look playing at 4,900. Not a bad deal. It's a really good pivot game if you want to try to go away from what's going to be the most heavily game stack game the next one we talk about. So let's do it. Buffalo at Kansas City game of the week. I thought we were going back to Bears Commanders again. Oh, no, the most no. heavily game stat game of the week. <laughs> well, that's not on the main slate, so thank God it's not there. I know, but it, 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 am I wrong in saying it would be the most heavily game stacked? Game no, you're not wrong at all. That would totally be the plays it is game stacked. Yeah, every yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there is as Ryan would say, there is Thursday to Monday. Yeah, nobody, nobody has that kind of patience. Nobody has that time. All right, Bills at the Chiefs. Bills are two and a half point favorites on the road. 53 and a half is the game total. Uh, dating back to last year, Bills have only missed one against the spread here. They're nine and one in their past 10 games, dating back to the playoffs last year. Hard to go against them, but it's hard to see the Chiefs, as well as they're playing, not to be favored at home, even against Buffalo. I will take I will take the points given to me, two and a half. And of course. We're betting the fucking over in this game total because we're chasing the uh-huh. points. From, we are chasing the game script and the points from last year. And let's pray to the football guys. This does not end up like the Broncos Colts last Thursday night. This, no, no way this guy. Josh, Josh Allen's going to get this one now. Oh, I mean, this is, yeah. I th- chip, chip on his shoulder. <laughs> Bills are getting this one. Yeah, I think the Bills will win. I'll, the, the Bills can win and the Chiefs can still win you the money so uh-huh is they're not favorite yep now Devin Singletary yes Gabe Davis yes Isaiah McKenzie if he plays yes Stefan Diggs yes Dawson Knox if he's healthy yes he's tight end <laughs> that's, that's fair that's it someone's got to catch touchdowns in this Travis game. Kelsey Yes, Valdez Scantling taking his six to seven targets a game on deep balls in there. Yes. Clyde Edwards Alaire, the efficiency, touchdown game. Yep. Jarek McKinnon, maybe if you're desperate. He's been getting, you know, more of the snap share. Juju, that's where I kind of draw the line at in this one. If you can't play him this week, when are you going to play him? Yeah, well, not any of the last four weeks, and that's <laughs> that's why I'm yeah. a little little turned sideways about this one because you're right. If you can't play him this week, when are you going to play him? But they haven't used him and maybe hadn't needed him. But it, I agree. If you're on the on the fence or you know looking for who do you rotate in here, this is the game you target. You throw Juju out there with with MVS, but MVS is kind of taking over his. The guy, which means it's going to be a Skyboard game. That has not happened. Come anywhere close to happening yet? Not, not even close. I don't know. I think Juju Smith Shooters had uh eight targets in those last 
four of the five. Uh huh. So, what did he do with them? He had to hit uh eight for eighty nine or five for eighty nine. <laughs> I'm sorry. In week three, you're playing everybody in this game. Yeah, <laughs> you're playing Khalil Shakir if McKenzie can't go. You might oh, even yeah. play him 100%. anyways, because fuck it. Because I love Khalil Shakir. And I want to talk not? all about him. No, you are playing everybody in this game. <laughs> yep. just, you're not obligated. No, you really to play are, Juju. If you don't have to, you're but, not. No, you're, you're not. You're not you, but you're playing everybody in this game. That makes any sense whatsoever. Hell, Gabe Davis might go for four touchdowns again this game. Uh huh. Or he might get one catch for four yards because we don't know <laughs> what we're gonna get from Gabe Davis. And uh, that's the greatest. Now this is where you ever. get the median game. You're getting like he doesn't get median games. You're he getting gets... seventy five and a touchdown out of Gabe Davis this game on one catch. <laughs> that's, that's all he does. Wide receiver water. Wide receiver five. Love it. I'm gonna call chalk with Hopper on this. Start them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On DFS, even like you know, you're gonna try to build a lineup around it if you can. If Knox doesn't go, you just play the backup tight end. We got fucking six targets last week. Yeah, but nobody remembers <laughs> his name, but damn it, he played well. <laughs> he got as many targets as Gabe Davis. I love it. Oh, uh, I found his name, Tommy what? Sweeney. No, and it wasn't. No, him. it, was, it oh, wasn't, wasn't Sweeney. Sweeney. It was not. It Sweeney. was the other. It was the other guy. It was like Quentin Davidson. Hang on, I'll find it. Oh, Quentin Morris. There you go, Quentin. Morris. That's what it is. Is Quint? I was gonna go with Quentin Moore. I was close. Yes, twenty eight hundred dollars on DraftKings. So, mm-hmm. sneaky start. If you want to fully game sack this game, this is yeah. part of the main slate. This is gonna probably be the most one of the if more targeted games. If there's a point oh one start percentage, that's because Chris Hopper started them. That's because Ryan Marner will. We all know. All yeah. right. Probably what the NFL will tell you is game of the week. Cowboys at the Eagles, Sunday night football. Eagles are six point favorites at home. 42 and a half is the game total, which feels low. Then you realize that while Cooper Rush is winning games, it's not really because of him. With Dallas' defense, defense is very good. Um I still I'm still taking Philly in this game. They've just been you really know, on a good. tough game. They've just been really good. They had a tough game last week. They couldn't really close out the Cardinals. They really couldn't get the game going against the Cardinals. But this is, you know, you're Rival primetime hurts, I think, is the truth. And this is a game I think we're going to truly see it in that primetime moment. So I will take Philly. I'll take the six points. I'm staying away from the game total because I don't trust Dallas's. I don't really trust Dallas's offense enough. And Philly's got a decent defense. So I will take Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, and Miles Sanders. AJ Brown's going to draw another tough matchup in this one. Diggs has not been giving up the yardage like he did last year. Interceptions have also taken a hit, but he's been relatively shut down. So I, I would take that instead of interceptions as a true shutdown. I, I I would too, and I think that he's adjusted, and I think that that bodes for another kind of mad game for for AJ Brown. On the Cowboys side of this, you're you're right. They've been winning games. It's not really because of Cooper Rush, but CD Lamb has maintained a relatively insulated target volume and should be absolutely fine. Uh, it's when you get to the secondary guys, especially with Michael Gallup coming back, that it's gotten a little bit more dicey. I'd avoid them. Dalton Schultz is an absolute no. Reaggravating the MCL, you've had two zeros from him. You can't afford to take that in your in your lineup this week, even if he plays. So stay away from that. Uh, 
you know, Pollard's the better running back option, but you know, Zeke has maintained somewhat of a of a flex type floor. And again, you do have four, you know, what would be considered must start running backs not playing this week. So you can probably get away with that, especially in leagues if you had like Zeke and Swift, which was a very viable combo. So Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I, I like it. I mean, I like Dallas Goddard this week too, because just the amount of target share he could see. Or yeah. he has been seeing even. He has been seeing it, yeah. But like he comes in expensive this week, which kind of makes it rough because he's at tight end five for the week ahead of him is Kittle and or tight end four. I'm sorry, tight end four. Kittle, Andrews, and Kelsey are the only ones ahead of him. So he's going to be highly owned this week, I feel. And then, like you said, Dalton Schultz, not even worth starting with all those zeros. AJ Brown, yeah, I would stay away from AJ Brown. I would also go Devonta Smith on that also at 6,200 because you save yourself $1,100. By dropping down from AJ Brown on that, definitely a nice uh, contrarian play. And then Miles Sanders at sixty two hundred, it's a little pricey, but I really have him. Tony Pollard's at fifty seven hundred, and Ezekiel Elliott's at fifty eight hundred. I'm just waiting for these two to eventually flip flop because you're still getting the hell of a Tony Pollard game, and with Ezekiel, with Elliott just plotting, doing absolutely nothing. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know why Dallas is so obsessed. I mean, I, I do know why, but it, it, it's so frustrating because you want to believe that Pollard should take that backfield over, but they won't because they are so invested into proving uh, themselves the, right yeah. to play Zeke. He still had 22 rushes last week. He just was at 3.5 a carry and no touchdowns and had no target share. He is, uh, he's rookie year Melvin Gordon, and no one wants that. Yeah, right. it's bad. Before we get to the last game, we got more questions on what I what I should do with my team, and I think you guys will agree with my assessment of this. Uh, Caden, the Cole fans, he's asking. He's in a twelve team PPR redraft league. Cool. His team is Brady, Derrick Henry, Brees Hall, Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, Dallas Goddard, Chris Godwin. He wants to know how he should improve his team. I asked him what his record was when where he ranked between points for and points against. He's three and two, and he is the highest scoring team with the most points scored against them. You don't do a damn thing. That's exactly yeah. what I said. Yeah, don't, it roll. don't tilt on that. I, I have this exact same scenario in and had to get talked out of it in a dynasty league where I'm three and two, but I think like the second highest score, second or third highest scoring team. Um, and it was literally just based on, you know, a bad lineup decision or two here and there and catching a team that, you know, I caught a team that blew up that really shouldn't have blown up. And that's the difference between three and two and four and one. And if you're four and one, you're not looking to Im- improve that. I got one team on one really, really good week when I had kind of a down week and, you know, the overall points forward points against tells the story there. Don't do anything. Yep, shit happens. Yeah, and That's... and uh, it's not all about trying to make the number one seed. You you just get yourself into the playoffs, and you let anything can happen with a roster that looks that strong. Yeah, actually, as I was evaluating my teams this week, the team that's in that situation, I said check back in two weeks and then ask the same question if there's anything I need to do. Yeah, that's that's always a good call. There's no need. You don't have to make a a big reaction in week five when. 
in every redraft league, you still have at least four or five weeks until trade deadlines come. So your team's good is yeah, what we're it's saying. A, it, so it's don't, a, don't worry about one, you know, I'm not sure what your story is, but don't worry about one, you know, you got somebody on a blow up week or you lost by a point and a half or whatever. That's your difference between three and two and four and one. You had yeah, got one out for multiple weeks at the beginning of this. And, he had, and that could be the difference right there. And you had a, he had a two-game slow week for Justin Jefferson in weeks two and three, and it took yeah. a little bit for Derrick Henry to get going. And and as you mentioned, Godwin, he's also he said he's finished in his two losses. He was the second highest scoring team in those weeks. Yeah, no, sounds like he's dominating. It just happens, man. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Don't tell. Don't tell. All right, last game, and then we get the fuck out of here. Uh, because for some reason the NFL wants to fucking paint us with Russell Wilson in prime time. Denver at the Chargers. Chargers are four and a half favorites. <laughs> Four and a half point favorites at home. Oh. 45 and a half is the game total. You have two good defenses. You have two struggling offenses. We don't know what Keenan Allen, if he's going to play or not. You can't risk it on a Monday night game unless no. you know, yeah. and, Joe, and, Judy and Cortland Sutton are on that team. And, and from a betting standpoint, for this game, you just have to wait. I, I would take Chargers and the points at home. The Broncos offense, there's, there's no life to them at all. Melvin Gordon revenge game. Melvin Gordon Ooh, revenge I game. I love it. Um, yeah, I I I I hate the fact that it's just the third primetime game for Russ. I think yes. so. I feel like it's like three in a fucking <laughs> row too. It's I th- awesome. I think it's three in a row. I think they got Sunday night. Well, they had yeah, a Thursday week night last one. week. Week one, right? Yeah, that's right. They were. Was it Monday? They night were primetime. I think they were primetime week one. Yeah. Hold on, I got to pull up. They were. Against um, against week Seattle, one, they were was Monday Broncos, night. Right? Seahawks on Monday night. Yep. Week two, they played a noon game, I think. Yeah, week two they had a a regular slated game. Week three was a regular slated game. So three out of the last five. So weeks yeah. one, four, and five, they've had prime time. And they've really? been bad, and I think they've been bad in nearly every game, besides maybe one week where their offense actually put up over twenty points. Were they, they prime time? Bad. They had the Raiders. I don't think they were prime time though that week, or was that the week that there were two Monday night games? There was two Monday night games in week two. That was Buffalo, Tennessee, Vikings, were, Philly. No, they were a three o'clock game against the Raiders. Was it, what, was it Sunday night, San Francisco? I think it was that Sunday was, night San Francisco. That was Sunday night San that was Monday four, night San right? Francisco, Los Angeles. It was Sunday night Chiefs box. Okay. No, like week three, like week three. Week three was, was that San Francisco Sunday night. Sunday night San Francisco Broncos, yes, in week three. Yeah. So they've had three three uh, four they played. No, they had the Thursday night game in week five. Week five and now, that's right. And now that's they got a Monday night game. So they've had they've only played two games in the afternoon. So. Right. And it's gonna be their fourth primetime game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing watching this blow up and blow up in the NFL's face. <laughs> uh, I'm I talk the Chargers four and a half. I'm not betting the game total. You can, what's fantasy look like? Copper fantasy looks a lot like you know, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy have been decent. Run Melvin Gordon. It's not you know, Russ's totals aren't good, but the wide receivers are, are relatively supported. Um, Although I think Judy didn't have, he got hurt, didn't he? 
He didn't play last week. He was back to back 53 yards. He played last week. He had he last last... Okay, he did play. I, th- I thought he got hurt and left early. No, one he of had games. eight targets, 53 yards, no touchdowns. Oof. 53 yards and a touchdown the week before. So the volume has been there. It's <laughs> the yardage. Fr- he's more fringe than what, yeah. than what Sutton is. Um, you're absolutely fine with Melvin Gordon because he's got the backfield to himself. I don't think Latavius Murray is going to threaten that hugely. Mike Boone. Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike Boone okay. threatening shit either. Um, <laughs> Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett on the Chargers side, obviously along with Herbert. That's that's pretty chalk. Now, Mike Williams will have Pat Sertan. That's not a great matchup, but Darby did end up hurt. So, um, you know, you could be looking at another Josh Palmer type game as well. It's know. Justin Simmons. Is he on? Is he all for the year? I don't know. Or, no, he, he's back at practice this week. He's back at practice. It was Darby that got hurt and went out for the year at the ACL tear. Watch that forever. If he has to draw Justin Simmons, it's great box safety. He's also been one of the league's best. So coverage. Yeah. Broncos have a good defense. So, you know, you're playing your chargers because their offense is good, but don't expect blowups out of, out of any of them. Nope. And don't. Yeah. You're lucky if you get there, but do not expect it. That's it, guys. That's week six, week bye six. weeks. Thank fucking God we're in bye weeks now. And yet it's still 1030. And it's still almost two hours, over <laughs> two hour show. Well, it's because two and a half hour show. It's because literally we spend the first half hour on news, intros, beer review, whatever. 30 minutes to been trying to keep it 30 minutes to to recap and look at the overall landscape. And then the other hour and a half is game previews. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. We'll see we'll you again next week. We'll see you on Sunday. We'll see you Sunday morning. Take care. Uh, no London games. Bye. We will see you on Sunday morning. Uh, All of beer, will be here. Uh, You're going to be here. Yay. Yeah. At Beerfield. At, hey, it's a normal Sunday morning live stream, that's too. That's what I'm saying, too. Which Yay. I don't even know what that is. Are we doing 10 or 11? 10. 10? 10. 10. All right, cool. Normal I'll, 10 a- I'll, I'll get something out. Normal 10 a.m. Central Time, Sunday morning live stream. Find that on YouTube at Beerfield Podcast, at Beerfield on Twitter, Ryan Miner, handling the Twitter accounts there, at Ryan Miner underscore FFB, at Beerfield Hop with two Ps, at Beerfield Thurry, at See You Wednesday. But I don't mean Wednesday because I can't record Wednesday next week. <laughs>